Well, who fancies some nice, juicy steak? And it falls for Elton Flatley, and he's racing away. It's Elton Flatley. Flatley scores. Now, Dave, I want mine. Medium rare. If I was to probably uh, cook the steak, I'd probably just stick the whole lot straight on the, on the grill on the fire and uh, pop it down. As long as I get one whole steak to throw down my belly. As long as I've got a bit of steak on the grill. Well, as long as there's, yeah. there's going to be lots of it. I don't really give a shit about the salad. You don't win friends with 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 salad. Australian Survivor Archives, the only podcast going over the complete history of Australian Survivor from Whaler's Way to the present day. We're coming off the back of another fantastic interview, Amber Petty. Wow, we learnt so much and we always appreciate any of the contestants' time. And this week we're back into the recaps, but we're going to bring you a good old time as well because we're here to recap the fifth episode of Season 2 of Celebrity Survivor Australia. And I'm going to go out on a limb right now and just say that this might be the best episode of the season, at least up until now. This is a big, big episode. You want a blind side. You want some action. You want men getting angry over steak. Then you've got everything and more in this episode. This episode first aired on the 14th of September 2006. And it was simply called episode five. I don't really need to add anything more to that. But uh, I'm I'm so pumped to talk about this episode. More pumped than Elton with a salad. That's all I can say. My name is Ben, and I'm so glad that the little bugger got away. It's a zesty little salad, Ben. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hi, guys. As you know, my name's Matt Dyson. And, and Ben, you're right. Like, this is a great episode. I, I know a couple of couple of weeks ago I said I think episode three was my favourite so far. But this, this takes a cake. I mean... This has it all from Oldfield doing new dishes in the kitchen. We've got beef stews. We've got Elton. Want, Elton, he wants a big fat steak. Oh. That's all he wants. And you've got zesty salads that he doesn't give a shit about. <laughs> I mean, there's crabs trying to get caught. There's Dick. I mean, we've got oh. a lot of Dicko to talk. Dick, this is, okay, Dicko at his best. Simple mm. as that. But Ben, like, there's a lot in this episode. <laughs> Yeah, like you talk about Dicko being in his best. I would say Dicko's at his best just for wearing a nice little polo white shirt. That's enough to sell me without kind of being Dick Dicko and, and just yeah. I mean, this, I knew I knew coming into this episode that this was a big one. This this you know I've mentioned before a couple of weeks ago about Amber's um, sort of blindside of Fiona that that was you know probably the second biggest move of this season. This this is the one. This this is the Joel move from season one. This to me is the turning point for this season. And I think that, you know, any way you look at this vote, 
the other way would have had huge ramifications on this season and we would be talking about a complete twist or no twist. Like, I still even think with the twist that we're going to get in a few weeks' time, that even if this vote had gone the other way, it still would have been huge for this season. So this this is the most important episode of this season. I would argue even bigger than the twist. Uh, and maybe that's something we can talk about towards the end. But outside of just how important and prominent this episode is for this entire season, it's entertaining. It's fun. Like I, I've I've alluded to so much how I love the random Elton wants a steak storyline. And like, it's weird that this has like an epic blindside. Again, as I always say, if this was modern Survivor, we'd be talking about this as an outstanding episode. Um, but I, I think my favourite part is Elton and the steak. Like, that to me is my favourite part of this episode. And there's so much good about it. Elton wants a fucking steak. Get Elton a steak, everyone, right now. If you're listening, like, if Elton's listening to this, his family, just stop listening and get Elton a steak. He wants a steak. No no salad. He wants a steak. There's nothing better in Survivor when you've got David Oldfield in the kitchen trying to come up with all these fancy ideas with stewing, <laughs> stewing the beef in different sauces. He's talking about maybe even the Bernays sauce might work. Mm. And Elton's sitting there with just the blankest look. because all He just wants a char-grilled steak, medium rare. That's all he wants. And, and oh, mate, look, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't, I'm looking forward to talking all things steak and Elton today. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and, and David's forgotten about the risotto this week. He's all about the protein. So he's uh, <laughs> taking a week off the risotto as David. <laughs> can, can we do a tally on how many times the word protein comes yeah. up in this episode? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> More than risotto from the other week, you know, like yeah. I think kind of it's a protein risotto. And I think it's important too, obviously over in Kakula. I mean, we really, we, we start to see a bit more of Imogen and Nicole as well, because mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot of friction going on with, with Gabby and um, Wayne. And what I love about Kakula is, is you see Guy Leach, Leachy, as we know him now, like he literally, it seems like every episode now, he's just, he's trying to put out the fires between them all. And it's, uh, you can see Leachy, he's just like, oh shit, what, what have I got myself into? Like, Put me back over into the other tribe because, yeah, he he's literally the referee in the last couple of episodes and it continues on today. Which is actually really interesting. I thought I'd bring this up now. Uh, the, the confessionals of this episode, you know, th- this is such an important episode, particularly with the way that it goes in Kakula and this sort of shift. You actually look at the confessional count this episode. Here's, here's a random question for you, Matt Dice, because I don't know if you'll get this. I don't even know if this person would be in your top three for this episode. Who do you think gets the most confessionals this episode? Well, yeah, I never really took much notice, but I know there was a lot. I mean, there's always a lot of David, so I'll say Oldfield again. Not, I don't know why they really, really he didn't really need to have that many confessionals, but I'm going to say David. He had the second most this episode, so no, it wasn't David. Elton? No, he only had one this entire episode, can you believe <laughs> it? Yeah. All right, tell me, who was it? It was Justin. Justin had eight. And, like, that even blows me away because I wouldn't have guessed Justin in my first few. I would have been like, oh, it's a guy, you know, Gab gets a few. But, uh, no, Justin has eight, followed by David with six, and then Guy and Gab's are equal on four. So that's fascinating to me that uh, – and that Elton only gets one. I feel like that we get so much more Elton in this episode than that. And same with Imogen. Imogen only gets one, but I feel we get more Imogen this episode. We, we definitely get a lot of Elton screen time, but he, obviously not in confessionals. It's him because it's him in the background talking steak and – It basically is just steak. <laughs> oh. He just – get Elton a steak, everyone. Come on, just, just get him a steak. But – um. Even Wayne. So Wayne obviously is, uh, spoiler alert, he's going home this week. <laughs> if you didn't know, if you're listening to this and you're asked, oh, don't want to listen to the rest of this episode. But even sort of Wayne doesn't get the most confessionals, but we get a lot of Wayne because we, we get mm. him here. What is he doing? Rescuing the shelter. So 
are they? Is it the, the the tarp is on the ground and they're trying to put it on the roof? Is that what they're trying to do? Here yeah, the, the, the storm's coming in, the rain's coming. So of course, Wayne he gets Wayne seems to be he seems to be like the handyman around the shelter. Like he, I think throughout the episodes, anything when it needs fixing, it's always Wayne. And I had to have a laugh. Obviously, this is on night night nine, so you know after um, the. Uh, tribal council or that night um they show this little bit of clip at the start here and it's basically yeah wayne trying to fix a shelter and a branch snaps and he i mean i'm gonna be honest i'm gonna be (laughs) honest with you i mean they kind of played it up a little bit i mean it snapped he 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 didn't even fall he kind of swung around and then next second you get a confessional with him saying it's one of the hardest things he's ever done but look i'm I'm gonna say come on wayne you you didn't even fall (laughs) To the crowd. Elton was bloody, you know, Spider-Manning it up a tree last week, and here you are having a bit of a spin. Like again, he's a he's a motorcycle racer, right? Like you know, I'm not saying that's not a physical sport. Like I, I as a motorsport fan, I understand how physical motorsport is. Um, but I think kind of you know he's hanging on. I do like it when he spins around and he kind of catches himself, and he's almost like, did you see that? Um, like just the way he does that. But I think it's interesting that he says like it's one of the hardest things that he's ever done because. You know, we talked a couple of weeks back with, like, Amber, how, you know, we wanted a celebrity to really be like, oh, I hate this, and oh, boo, I'm, you know, I'm really out of my comfort zone. Like, I always find it interesting when you get someone like a Wayne Gardner, like, oh, this is, like, one of the toughest things I've ever done. You know, it's, it's, I think that kind of goes on that side of let's solidify that this survivor was real. Well, Mm. you know, maybe not as real as others, but it's still real. It's not like, again, they're sleeping behind the scenes in tents and making it look real. So... Um, I do like that that aspect when you get at somebody like that. And when you say, like, Wayne's sort of the handyman, I mean, I think, obviously, you, you know, we talked a couple of weeks back about how Wayne's sort of that that contestant who's like, it's all about the strength. You know, strength is what will make us win the game. He's not thinking of, you know, why these people will be good for vote outs and things like that. And we kind of get a lot of that still this episode, don't we, of, of Wayne the handyman, Wayne doing this, Wayne complaining that Gabby's a princess and he oh. calls her here. Um, and I think what's really good about the editing in this episode is that you kind of, you've got this divide. You've got Wayne and Guy, you've got Imogen and Nicole, and you can just really see that Gabby, like, I think if you've watched this close enough, it's so obvious to tell that Gabby's siding with the girls because it's oh. just so often Gabby's just like, uh-huh. Like, she even at one point is like, shut up, Wayne. <laughs> like, well, well, I think so you're being good. generous. It, Wayne actually called her a mole. But anyway. Oh, did you? I didn't see that <laughs> yeah, bit. Wow. Yeah, that, that, well, not to her face. That was to, to Guy, and then Guy says, oh, yeah, she's a princess. But well, this is where, I guess, why they started off with that night nine where they where Wayne's fixing the, the 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 camp because then obviously it leads into day 10 so it's it's uh the daytime and it's Wayne continuing to fix the shelter and this is the classic yeah like you're saying the classic Gabby and Wayne altercation and it is an altercation um Wayne's obviously you know fixing up Gabby doesn't appear to do a lot around camp and that's obviously grating on Wayne like you can see it's really annoying him and Wayne actually says, oh, you're going to love me for this tonight. And then he sort of pauses and he goes, oh, you, you might for once love me. <laughs> obviously, that's a bit of a backhand sort of thing saying, well, you know, because obviously not getting along. Gabby just laughs it off and says, shut up, Wayne. <laughs> and then uh, and then she says, you know, she does feel sorry for Moso that, um, you know, they don't have any waterproof sort of, um, uh, you know, shelter. And then Wayne, like, he's just like, oh, well, you can go over there then if you want. You know, go yeah. stay with go stay with Moso. Like, you and he wasn't sort of joking around. He's like, no. oh, he was <laughs> If you feel sorry for Moso, just go, go over to them. And Gabby, that's when Gabby gives him the finger. And, um, 
you know, and of course it leads into a Gabby confession, uh, confessional just saying like, you know, Wayne is overbearing and it to live with. And yeah, you know, basically you can tell that she doesn't want to be on the same beach with him anymore. And that, um, that um, yeah, it, it brings out the serious side of him and, and he starts bossing the girls around. And, and that's obviously where things start to go wrong for Wayne. And this is what makes Wayne an interesting person because you, you generally get these type of people on Survivor, right? Like we've seen it a lot on the Channel 10 one, like a Stephen Bradbury, you know what I mean? Like kind of Stephen Bradbury was maybe a bit more gamey than than Wayne was. Like he had a little bit more strategy around it, but it's that social, it's, it's just little comments. It's way you treat people. It's that social aspect of the game. And... You know, like I, I'm not bringing this up to be a dick to you, Matt, but like I mean, you know, you were going out on your tribal council, you were fighting hard, so you were going to do whatever you could, and of course, people rip into you like, oh, you played a terrible game at the tribal. But like again, you knew you were on the way out, you had to fight your way. You know, you're fighting hard. Wayne's not doing what you're doing, but Wayne's, I guess, just being Wayne. Wayne's kind of like Fiona, whereas like Wayne's just going to be Wayne. He's not going to change for this. That's his, that's his personality. That's what he's going to do. If someone like Gabby's pissing him off, he's not going to hide his feelings. He's like, like, fuck off over to Moso then if you, you know, want to be this way. And like, I think we need characters like this in Survivor. It's frustrating in a way. Like, and we can sit here and go like, mate, your social game's terrible. You're always going to get voted out. But you need people like this on, on Survivor, particularly earlier on. And I think Wayne kind of reminds me of someone as he would have got to an end, got to the end and just say if Gabby's ask him a question at trial, but it would kind of be like, like that clay moment in mm. Thailand where, mm-hmm. where, where he gets asked a question and he knows he's not getting the vote Great and he doesn't even, yeah. yeah. And he doesn't even try to answer it. He's just like, you know what? Like, I'm not getting your vote. Like, don't try to, you mm. know, start on me. Just, just go. And, and I think that's probably where that relationship was going with, um, with Wayne and Gabby, but this is what I love. So, so after all that altercation, they then show, this is where Leachy and, and Wayne uh, are working on the, um, are working on the the shelter. It's a bit hard too. I don't know why the cameraman or the audio weren't a bit closer. It's a bit hard to hear him so that they've got the writing under the screen. Um, but Wayne's actually, he's he's letting off some steam here. He says to Leachie, he's like, what pisses me off with, what pisses me off with the mole is she doesn't appreciate what I'm doing here, you know? She doesn't appreciate the effort that I put in sometimes. Um, that's my only concern. And then Guy, he's trying to like, oh shit. He's like, mate, she's a princess. She's she's just a number, mate. She's just a number. And he's and he's he's trying to tell Wayne like it might come down to you know winning or losing her keeping you know keeping on side with Gabby. So so Guy's really trying to get it in Wayne's head, mate. Like, look, I know you can't stand her or you're not getting along, but mate, she's a number, and it's just a survivor, and this is what you got to do. And I, I just don't think Wayne ever fully gets that part of this of this game. And on the absolutely agree. And absolutely on the flip side, this is where I want to give huge props to Guy Leach. And what I'm mm. loving about this rewatch is really understanding some of what gets Guy to the end, sort of. Um, but like, <laughs> like he Guy has a confessional here where he says, uh, you know, Gabby and Wayne are having some run-ins. That's not good for me. Yeah. And then you see Guy going to Gabby while she's brushing her teeth in the water and just be like, hey, how you doing? Like, and that's what you should be doing. Like, Guy knows exactly what's happening here. And guys, you know, like, shit, Gabby's going to flip. And, like, I don't think Guy ever fully believes that Gabby's going to because clearly later on we're going to get Guy like, oh, I'm so confident that Gabby's sticking with us. But, like, he's got enough concern that he's checking in with her and just be like, hey, like, like, just ignore that guy. Like, I'm still the good guy to be with, no pun intended. And, like, yeah, like, and that's real props to Guy's social game here, what he's doing. And I think that's going to really help and benefit Guy when he's going to win this season by one vote. <laughs> Um, you know, because obviously I'm not taking away from Justin's social game because Justin's actually got an underrated social game. 
not just because he's bribing people, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, <laughs> Justin's never really fully hated, except maybe from Imogen for five minutes. But anyway, real props to Guy here because I think he handles this as best he could. And, like, you don't – I'm not taking away from, say, Nicole. Imogen, like, Nicole and Imogen have got a different way of doing it. And I think, you know, I'll give props to Imogen the way she kind of does it this episode. But, like, we see that later on in this episode when Guy and Wayne are basically going to Gab's like, oh, who do you want? And Gabby doesn't give a shit. Yet she's hugging Imogen and, like, high-fiving and having girls' time. So, yeah, it, it's this is why this episode has just got so many layers of entertainment to it. I just love that random little moment of Guy just going, like, not good for me. And five minutes later, he's, like, sucking up to, to Gabby in the water. But, but, I mean, they must have been sus on Gabby. I mean, she yeah, like you said, she shows no interest in, like, putting out a name of Nicole or Imogen. Like, she's just sort of – you can just tell, like, she's she, – she's really starting to distance herself from the yeah. two guys. And I mean, it's pretty, and I think guy probably knew that, that it was starting to get a bit dangerous for him because um, yeah, it's, but you know, we, we switch over to Mo. So <laughs> this is where I love best. Just, we, we get to the crab moment in a second, but Justin has a little confessional here and it's, it's not much, but I think it starts to show what, how Justin's changing in the game too. He, he states that in the beginning, it was all about winning the challenges, but uh, he hasn't really been involved in too many of them. So now it's all about, you know, self-morale and, and, and being positive. But I think now Justin knows that the, the, the next phase of the game's coming up and, you know, he's got to start looking towards that. And this is, I think, at the very beginning of this season, we said that Justin's going to be one of the, the most interesting Australian Survivor players to fully analyse because it's interesting that he comes out and says this because watching him, you don't kind of get that from Justin. You, you get Justin's kind of a bit of a smart guy, like he's siding with the girls, like, you know, he's kind of playing with them. Like he he's a bit fluid, like he kind of, you know, he wants to keep the peace and like he, he sort of in that, he's playing the middle ground. And I, I don't think, like I never at least got a feeling from watching Justin in the first four episodes that he's all challenge gung-ho Justin. So this is, this is where I find it very interesting and he's a difficult guy to read. He's a good actor, clearly. Sadly that he was only in Home and Away in like Days of Our Lives. He probably should have done some better, bigger, better things. But yeah, and like I, I just kind of like that aspect of Justin here. And then I, I, this whole sequence before the reward challenge, like I, again, going back to my point about how my favourite thing is a steak, but we've got so much great things here, like, David going on about lime juice on their papaya because he's always wanting to, like, make things extra. Then they basically start banging on about protein. It's Justin who brings up protein first, if I'm not mistaken. And I like Justin's little line here about how this is going to be the greatest comeback of all time. We're going to win the next two, to which they do. So good, good, um, you know, uh, future telling there by Justin. And then it's this whole crab chasing situation <laughs> to which David Oldfield <laughs> farts. And he's like, oh, they can smell that. And I just love the editing here when they're so like, oh, we're going out of our mind. We're catching this crab. And they lose it. And then they, they've got this music. And then you hear And then, like, stops the music. And David's like, oh, we're going to smell it now. <laughs> What's oh. oh, bro. So good. But this is where they're, they're, they're basically chopping their bloody the, the tree. And they've got yeah. like, the plank, the, the wood or whatever they're sitting on, the tree trunk. And they're actually like almost chopping that to bits to try to get to this little crab. Yeah, I thought I thought he was no longer going for the crab. I thought he he said crabs were at peace. You know, you, you, you they were the hermit crabs though, not the big ah, suckers. True. And like, but this we said we, David Mason's production notes like two weeks ago, he was saying like, oh, you know, like this is easy, you just put this down. So maybe they didn't get that memo. But did this not remind you of the Breaking Bad episode Fly, when basically like it just gets to a point where it's almost personal now? Like I'm just going to take <laughs> everything apart to catch this one thing, even though it's like, dude, like <laughs> let it right. go. 
That's right. Yeah. But I also I do love it. Like uh, obviously you'll you'll read out the the tree mail in a second. But I just want to add that I love it when they're trying to deduce what they're getting and they go into the, like this pizza talk and David's like, oh, you know, maybe some pepperoni, some mushrooms, some cheese, and then you go Justin pineapple, and then there's like quiet, <laughs> like I like. I, for one, I just want to put this in the record. I never get this debate over pineapple on pizza. Pineapple on pizza is fucking amazing. And if you don't no. like it, like, what's... Oh, no. don't give me that. No, don't no, no, give no, me no. that, Matt Dyson. Come I, on. He, okay, I'm the sort of guy that if, if if there's a Hawaiian pizza, of course, I take off the pineapple. Oh. And, then, and, then, and then if you bite it, but sometimes there's just that little bit, bit of pineapple that's under the cheese and you can't you can't see it. And as soon as you bite into it and you just you bite down on it and you get that taste of the pineapple, oh, it's like you quickly spit it because it's like an instant effect. But you're like, oh, shit, you got to... No. I, I, I don't mind fresh pineapple, but you don't have it on a hot pizza. Come on, Ben. Jesus. No, no, you're wrong, mate. Sorry. Like, this is, this is on levels of not liking rose. I just I don't get you. Like, what, what's wrong with you? See, see, Dave and I, we're, I'm a pepperoni pizza guy. Yeah. So a pepperoni pizza, Pepperoni's barbecue good. sauce. I like that. Yeah. But do you like the barbecue sauce? Oh, like, do I like barbecue sauce, Matt? I would put barbecue sauce on wheat bix if I could. I, <laughs> I, I would marry barbecue sauce if I could. That is like one of my the the biggest thing about being on keto that I can't have is barbecue sauce. Oh shit! I've drunk barbecue. The first time I ever discovered smoky barbecue sauce was a thing. I literally drank it from the bottle. So, oh. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I've lost Matt. There he is. Pineapple yeah. on All pizza right. and barbecue sauce from the bottle. <laughs> ben, it's tree mail time. Oh yes, bring it on. All right, ready? Yes. So, always. Same old food. Do you need a break? Then there's definitely a lot at stake. As soon as you hear the shout of go. It's about how much you can throw. <laughs> Winning is always very sweet, especially if it comes with a yummy treat. Mm. Now, now, am I getting better at these reading are. out the trim? You really, I gave you some inspiration a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Matt. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I, I, I love the intersection here between Kakula and Moso because you get um, Wayne, who, of course, you know, has been bagging out Gabs, is basically then like, oh, maybe Gabs is going to get a chocolate cake. And then you cut straight back to David. Oh, I hope it's not just cake. We want protein, protein, protein. Um, like, it's just the way he kind of like balances and, 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 it and, this, I mean, yeah, because David does get another confessional here, and once again, he, he want, he's wanting a meaty reward, a meaty reward, and he needs some, he needs a good feed. And I got thinking, Ben. I mean, is there any feed that they haven't eaten on this island yet? They've literally had every bit of food you can possibly think of. Yeah. Um, that they, I mean, this is the only thing I was like, oh, I mean, they're talking about how hungry they are and all that. I'm like, let's be. I mean, every second day they they're literally having a, a banquet, a, a feast. Um, they've had seafood. They've had you know, meat. They've, I mean, everything. I mean, I don't know. That, that's based, the only thing I'm a bit like. Oh. Yeah, I'm with you. And like, because I mean, we're pretty much at the halfway point. We're on the cusp of this. This is episode five. This is what day ten. Um, you know, on a twenty-five there. So we're just around the thing. And like, yeah, like, and that's the other thing too. Like, given that it's a shorter season, shorter episode, shorter everything. Like, usually by like episode four, episode five, you do start to feel a bit like, oh, they've been out there for a couple of weeks now. Like, you know, and this this is the part on a regular season of Survivor. You should be getting your food rewards, like a bit of a taste, you know, because like a merge feast or like an auction or something like that. Yeah, this is like, you're absolutely right. Episode five, every single week we've had seafood treat and fucking this and fucking that. It's like, well, what are you doing? I mean, Guy Leeds hasn't even had a chance to digest his breasty bit of chicken yeah. yet. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> I mean, it's literally still in his stomach. Yeah, yeah. So, no, so, it's, yeah. it's a little bit 
you know, and, and like this is, again, I feel we need to be fair on this. Like we're, we're constantly defending this and saying like, hey, like, come on, this is a real season. But I mean, these are the moments where people look down on this season because, again, five episodes in. I mean, these guys have put on more weight than I probably have in the last couple of years. <laughs> look, uh, look, obviously we can't, this is a real season, but I think right from the start, we have been open to the fact that, hey, there is some things that, being a celebrity season that we knew was always going to be different to a normal season. Um, and obviously we're not scared to point them out. And, and that is one of them. It's, it's a glaring one, isn't it? That, that yeah. every, every reward challenge, I mean, it's either chicken or a seafood feast. Now it's beef, you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming is there lobster later. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's gotta be, <laughs> I think by, uh, probably a whole cow by the end of it, you know, yeah. um, fucking or maybe uh, a McDonald's franchise. Here you yeah. go. Run, run one in Vanuatu down the road. Yeah. It, it is interesting. And it's, you know, like, Again, you can understand why David Mason and the crew have done this because, like, okay, it's Survivor. We want to put them out of their comfort zone. But, like, there would be stipulations. I can't imagine you sitting down with Gabrielle Richens in a, in a negotiation room and, you know, you're not going to be like, okay, well, like, some of the rewards are going to be this and, like, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, this and that. I mean, we know they had a toilet, for example, you know, and, and things like that. You don't really want to know, but sure. Uh, I mean, again, that's not to take away, like, Channel 10, you obviously have a, a form of a toilet, right? So it's kind of, it's not, I mean, he's Whaler's Way, literally the only season of Australian Survivor where they've mm. never had an actual toilet. It, it probably is. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, it's still, like, there are the negatives, but also at the same time, this is still an episode that I would argue that if this was a Channel 10 season, you had a blind side like this, a power shift just before the merge. Like, these are the mm. things that Survivor fans eat up for breakfast. They love these things. And to me, I can overlook the fact that they're getting fucking steak and breasty bits every single week and they can shit on a proper toilet if it means that I'm going to get entertaining episodes of Survivor that feature comedy that features some you know fun bits that feature good gameplay that feature a blindside and i'm not the type of survivor fan who needs a blindside every week i don't need that every single week that doesn't what that's not why i watch survivor but when you do get something like that it's good it's entertaining it's 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 hearty as a steak matt elton would love this episode 15 years later look you, you might need you know twists every episode but i'll tell you one thing you do need and that's dicko oh, in prime dicko yes at this reward challenge now Ben, i think Look, I'm not going to do it justice. I think I, I let you explain what the hell happens here because this this is possibly one of my favourite moments or lines that he does in the entire season. I haven't written it out word for word, but I've written you know the cliff notes. And I just want to put a cliff note here, first of all, of Dicko in the white golf shirt. My goodness, he's looking fetch, isn't he? Look at him. You know? <laughs> look, he's looking good. He's looking good. But I think, look, I'm going to have to read this out. I've written it down because... Dicko so they, voice, they Dicko up. voice, Matt. Oh, I don't do Dicko voice, but <laughs> come on, they, give me a the, Dicko the, voice. The, the three Moso boys um, turn up every time I say Moso, you got to be in the background. Moso, Okay, so he says, "Ah, you guys were a bit somber last night when you left Tribal Council. Who kept your spirits up all night, or did you just have one big great spooning session?" And then David's like, ah, well, just like three spoons in the drawer. And then Justin's like, without the knife. Now, is, without the knife, is that Amber? Is he referring to Amber in that one? Maybe, possibly. I, I don't but know. I mean, I, yeah. Can I just say, look, I didn't do that justice then, but he's just, he, yeah, how good is that? He's just coming out. Oh, just been a big, great, big spooning session. Is that like, to me, there's two moments in this episode that could be thug life. It's this or the conversation with Imogen later on. I, I vote for this more oh, so. This. 
I just, the subtle way in which he does it, like Imogen, it's kind of like he's being a dick, but he's also like playful. Whereas this, it's just like, you know, come on, three blokes together. You having a spoon, were you? Like that, that's this me. Is, this is thug life for sure. Like yeah. this is, as soon as I heard, I rewound it. I was like, how good is this? <laughs> It's just, but, yeah, like Dicko just on point here, and and even like there's this shot of Dicko when when all the when both the tribes are coming into to the challenge, you've kind of got like Dicko's almost got his back to them, and he's kind of put his arm on the reward, and he's kind of almost like got this almost like a Justin Melvy, bold and the beautiful days of our lifestyle look off into the distance. Like this, this is where I think like he should be like an ad for Abercrombie and Finch or something here, Dicko <laughs> in this white polo. Like he's he's doing well here, Mister Dixon. So. I think I'm going to send you a white polo. You seem to really, really be a fan of the of the white polo. But okay, so Kakula sit out Nicole and Wayne now. Do they though, Matt? Did you pick up a little mistake here? Oh, I didn't. Because when Dicko says who's sitting out, Guy puts his hand up and Gabby, and then the next minute, sitting on the bench is Nicole and Wayne. Did you did you pick that no, up? No, no. I think I think when Guy puts his hand, I, I thought that at first too. And then I actually remember Guy saying that he's in. Right. Because okay. he says that he's saying that Imogen has to be in because she set mm. out in the last one. And then Guy says, I'm in. I see. And then, yes, I know. I can see where you went wrong there. It was a rookie mistake. But yeah, so, sorry. No, sorry, everyone. Guy, have Guy to play actually, Survivor to get that. You know, yes, clearly. so Guy, actually, that- he's actually putting his hand up to say he's in. Like, and that makes not sense. His- because yeah. the other week when we said that Guy would never sit out a challenge and all of them, Guy exactly. puts his hand up very quickly oh, as well. So he, now, okay, Guy's not, let's, right. Guy's not sitting out any of the challenges unless he's forced to. You know, but, okay, so we, we've spoken about so that the reward they get, and this is important we speak about this reward. So oh. they, they get a nice big juicy steak with three sauces. Now they get bananas, peppercorn, and mushrooms. So this opens up a conversation, Ben. What, what sort of sauce guy are you? On your steak, were you when you? I mean, I know keto. Are you, is keto is that your allowed steak with sauces? Oh, Probably not the sauces, well, but I tell you one thing. I, I've never really been a massive steak guy until I got on keto. Because generally, when I go out to a restaurant now, my my options are salad or steak. Um, and I have to always question the sauce, and because you know, like I've re- I've become real partial. There's a restaurant here. I'm going to give a shout out here on Australian Survivor Archives to sponsor us, a Canadian restaurant sponsor, an Australian podcast. It's called Montana's. I like to basically say it's the Canadian hog's breath, but a little bit fancier. And we often go there for dinner and I'll either get this chicken fajita dish without the, uh, the tortillas or I get a steak. And I've gone, come real partial to a steak with blue cheese and bacon on top. And I don't like blue cheese unless it's cooked into things. And North America, they love their blue cheese. So I love my steak, but when it comes to the sauce, back to my barbecue sauce point, I'm a mad, mad sauce guy. I will have five different sauces on a plate if I could. I, I would put sauce on sauce. I had pasta with sauce. I still put barbecue sauce on it. I love my sauce. Um, of those options, I'm not a... See, I don't like mushrooms, but I like mushroom sauce. But peppercorn sauce, I'm quite partial to peppercorn. Although, Bernese sauce, Bernays, whatever you want to call it, quite good too. I'd, I'd be open to all three of these. So, you know, okay, probably so peppercorn it, if I had to choose. Okay. And so, so if David Oldfield's looking at you and saying, "I'm going to, I'm going to make a stew," and you've got to pick one sauce, so you're saying the peppercorn? We'll go with the peppercorn. So, so I'm a mushroom guy. I like mushrooms. I yeah, always, it's, I mean, here you get a steak, you get mushroom sauce every time. Maybe one out of every twenty, I might get peppercorn. Bernays, I don't mind bernays. Probably not on my steak though. Maybe I don't know. Um, but, um, but yeah, I'm How a do mushroom you guy. Steak, Mr. Dyson. 
Uh, medium well or medium. See, but you're yeah. gonna laugh at me. Everyone always bags me out. I'm a well, I'm a, I'm no. a well done guy. No, no, no. Okay, so no, so I was a well done guy for many, many years, up until maybe three years ago, three, four years ago. Then I went to medium well because, and then I got used to that. And it, now, if it comes, in, you know, sometimes you go to a place and it comes out and it's less, you know, less cooked than it should be. Yeah. So I can, if it's medium, I can eat a medium. I couldn't go any lower than that. Yeah, but, I've, I've tried. Like, I like uh, yeah, Mallory's dad had cooked a sort of a, a medium rare at one point. I tried it. Like, it wasn't bad, but, it, like, at the same time, I'm just – I'm definitely that guy who gets a bit weirded out by being pink and a bit of blood. Like, I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So, so I can do medium if, 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 it, if I have to. If they overcook and it's well done, I'll eat it. I won't complain. Like, that. that's fine as well. But, yeah, ideally now medium well. Just just a little bit of pink in there. Yeah. Um, but hey, it okay, was you, such a medium rare guy. Like I didn't even need him to say that to not even guess that that's what he would eat. <laughs> okay, Ben, you, you lived in New Zealand for a while. When I went over to New Zealand a few years ago, I was in the South Island and we're there on when the World Cricket World Cup was on went with a group of mates. We turn up at this steakhouse, order steaks. Anyway, and I'm like, oh, what sauces do you have, you know, on the side for the, for the steak? And they, this is an actual steakhouse. And they looked at me and they're like, oh, what? I'm like, what sauces do you have? Mushroom? Like, oh, no. Pepper? No. Oh, what sauces do you have? Oh, barbecue and tomato sauce? That's all we have? I'm like, what? <laughs> then I decided, oh, don't worry about it. I just had the steak. Like, is this a thing in New Zealand? They don't put sauces on I steaks? I can't remember if I ever ordered a steak in New Zealand, to be completely honest with you, so I don't know if I have an answer for you. But um... they, they, they literally looked at me. They hadn't. When I said mushroom sauce, they, the look I got was what? the fuck is that it's, like there it's an interesting place with food in new zealand because they, they have a weird thing where they steal a lot of australian things and claim it's their own and then they have things that they just don't have anything and then they have weird things like go to a corner store in new zealand you get a battered sausage that's regular for them it's like battered me, sausage sure so i, I don't know i i, this I don't wasn't, think, yeah. this wasn't just from some pub it was actually like called like a steakhouse what city were you and, in do you remember uh, would have been maybe down in Nelson. Okay. Don't think I went to Nelson, so I couldn't comment. Yeah. I was thinking like if you're in Dunedin or somewhere like that, then probably, you know. But um, yeah. I lived in Invercargill, Matt. Like, fuck, I could give you some weird shit about that place. Um, <laughs> like cheese rolls, fucking, I mean, they're great. Cheese rolls are amazing, but um, it's a weird dish, but sure. <laughs> hey, hey, Ben, also too, so with this reward, there's one other part of this reward. It's I'm like... Uh, it kind of annoyed me that they got it. But so whoever wins, every tribe member of that, the winning tribe, get a waterproof poncho. Yeah. I mean, and I've just put here on my notes, no, no, no. Which, like, which it, and the, the thing that annoys me with that, like I'm with you, it's like the, the way Dicko's like, it's been raining a lot recently, so here's some waterproof ponchos. Like we feel bad for you. Like, no, like fucking let fucking it suck good. it up. Yeah. This is the, what the Survivor is. Yeah, they should be. The producers should be saying like, "Great, let it keep raining." You know, yeah. it makes it miserable. A friggin', people start making crazy moves. You know that. Yeah, but I, it annoys me when I see ponchos start getting handed out to. What, what are we on? Like day eleven? Yeah, day easily yeah. day eleven. So yeah, yeah. Like, you're because like I mean, you know, Jeff probes in the beginning, sure, but nowadays like it's like, oh, we want a poncho. Well, fucking give me all of your food and a tribe member's head, and then you can get a poncho each. Like that's what Jeff probes is like now. <laughs> You know what? It's almost they're getting so much shit. It's almost getting to the stage where like a reward, the next reward should be like you get nothing. It's like yeah. oh, and, and the, the contestants are actually like, oh, thank fuck, I don't have to like shove down breasty bits of chicken. Like I'm already full and meat. Like if they're getting so much stuff to shove down their throat and put on their back, that like, you're almost getting sick of it, probably. No wonder that somebody had a massively green turd afterwards. You know, they're fucking all this protein and shit that they're mixing with like 
Fucking dirty water and rice. I'd have we green sh- turds as well. We should have. Uh, oh, we stuffed up. We should have asked David Mason. Did it have a bit of like a bit of white meat in it, or did it have the stew? Because like, if it was a stew, we could have narrowed it down to like Justin Melby, <laughs> Elton, or um, probably most like yeah, David Oldfield. But if it was the breasty bit, still obviously, then that's leachy all the way. Here's here's another random Whalers way. We miss Whalers way bit. We miss having conversations about, did you just have a movement? Um, you know, bring back Rob Dixon talking about having a movement. Also, a special shout-out. This probably dates this about the time we're recording it in terms of when we're releasing it. But uh, Amazing Race Australia went to Whaler's Way. How about mm. that, that they're bringing that back? Good old flashbacks. Maybe the, only the second time a reality show has been to Whaler's Way. So uh, it, It's interesting, yeah. isn't it? They, they didn't get the the nod for the for the new Australian season. That's going to Cloncurry, but... Um... I still don't know Cloncurry. I've never been to Cloncurry. I don't know what don't it's know, going to no, be like. I don't think I'd ever heard it before. I just, yeah. oh, I've, I've definitely heard of. Obviously, it's you know, it's been Queensland, and um, you know, I've heard people get sent out there, and the police and stuff. They get sent out to work out there, but um, yeah, I don't know what's out there. Apparently, from what I've been told, not much. But um, you know what? I, anywhere, I, I couldn't give a shit if they did it in Ipswich, as long as it's not in Fiji. It's a different type Honestly, of survivor. Yeah, <laughs> literal. <laughs> <laughs> you must live on the streets of Ipswich, and if you don't get shot, you will win reward. You know, and, and, and I think that's what I love about this season. About so, you know, it's just it's it's Vanuatu. It's just somewhere different. You yeah. know, like I'm sick of Fiji. You. I'm I'm done with Fiji. Yeah, and that's and that's like slightly on a tangent too, like disappointing in a weird way. I mean, it's exciting that US Survivor is going to start filming, of course, but it's disappointing. Like, you know, there was all these talks like they might go to Puerto Rico, you know, they might, you know, go somewhere in, in Texas or something like that. Like, that would have been epic. And like, yeah. this is where like I, yeah, I'm so excited for the next season of Australian Survivor, not because of it being a new season. I want, I'm so glad that we're going to have a location-based season in that it's going to be exciting. Because even when they shift from Samoa to Fiji, barely fucking tell the difference so this is going to be such a unique change and i tell you one thing i'm saying this on the record right fucking now because we will be complaining about this in a few years or at least when we're you know watching it but when we eventually cover this season in like 10 years time i if they start saying for the first time ever filmed in australia i will be picketing channel 10 i will be like <laughs> fuck you you're wrong like just 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 stop it <laughs> Just no. The, anyway, the good thing, tangent. the good thing about them doing it in in a new location, even if it's in Australia, like it, it opens up so many opportunities for when they do like reward challenges, they can yeah. actually go out and do like the old school where they go out and you know I'll pick one other person to come with you, and you you know I don't know what's around Cloncurry. Like I said, I've never been there, but I'm sure there's stuff to go see, and they can actually do that again, like the old school Survivor, where they're like, you know oh. Pick one, and then and then JLP like, oh, you know what? Pick one more. And then, yeah, yeah, and it, and and then and then they go out for the day, and I'll go do whatever the hell is up in Cloncurry, and it's good for tourism Australia too. Like it show, hey, look, this is what the the northern you know part of Queensland has, and um, but that's what I love. It opens up so many more opportunities for production to not just make it this you know island where it's all about fucking running around getting idols and let. You know, can we have five live idols in in one episode going at the same time? Dead like, I'm walking. I'm done with that. Like, yeah, I think everyone's done with that. Hundred percent. And like, I think one thing we didn't really mention last season, and and you know, yeah, okay, season one wasn't the massive success they were hoping it to be. It was a bit more of a success than some people credit for. But I, I can't imagine there wasn't at least a handful of people who were into it who didn't go to Whaler's Way, or maybe they lived in Adelaide and they were like, hey, Whaler's Way. Like, I'm gonna, you know, it it brings out. I remember um, after Australian Outback 
how obsessed I was with Survivor at that point. I, I wanted to give anything to go up to Goshen Station and go up and see it. And I remember Getaway did like a, a story on like, hey, you can come visit Goshen Station. At the time, they ran actual tours that you could sleep like where they all filmed Survivor. Obviously, I don't think they do it anymore. I know Cable went there and visited it, but I don't think they kind of run those tours because it's obviously been 20 years. But even when I went to Cairns and we went sort of south a little bit, we went to like a forest. I remember seeing a, a sign that said something like Herbert River or something. And I know that it was like so inland, it's not really that accessible unless you know where you're going. But I, I got so excited. I'm like, wow, I'm within like... 100 kilometers of where they filmed Australian Survivor. Like, I got really, really excited. Even when I went to Malaysia and I went to Kuala Lumpur, and I actually, that was the first time I ever met a US contestant. I met Eliza and Yao Man because they were in Kuala Lumpur at the same time. And Yao, I think it was that trip, said that he and Eliza were going to Borneo. They were going to where they mm. filmed Palau Tiga. And because, like, Borneo is in Malaysia. So, like, to me, that was like, wow, I'm kind of close. And when I went to Thailand, I was like, wow, I don't know where they filmed Survivor Thailand, but I'm in the same country. So it's little things like that that I still fanboy out over. So I've never heard of Kung Curry, but I would go there and they film it, sure. Interesting point about you were talking about Borneo. So a couple of years ago, I was there with my wife and um, we actually, we went to Borneo and went to, uh, obviously there's a lot of different islands there and went, went and stayed on an island. And I'm literally like the next island over was Pulatiga where they oh, nice. did. And, and I, like, obviously it was right at the end of our trip and like my wife's not into Survivor and it's like, yeah, I would have just loved to sneak out for the day and say, hey, I'm going to go and get to this island and, um, you know, being so close but not being able to go and see it was annoying. But, uh, yeah, so I, I got so close to going there. But, it, yeah, it, it really is a thing where, where you know, it will help with tourism because I know, I mean, I've told the story before, but, you know, season three Africa, you know, it's my favourite season. Um, you know, when Lex and Tom went to Governor's Camp, they did the hot air balloon ride there and all that. Man, I love that so much. My brother and I did that about three years later. We went mm. there and did the exact same thing that Big Tom and Lex did. Like, so, you know... I'm surely I'm not the only person that's like seen something on Survivor and then gone, Julian, hey. Julian, Julian Gronenberg, former Oslo. Yeah. He went to Guatemala and did the whole trek similar to what they awesome. did in Guatemala. Yeah. I'll tell you another funny thing to, to wrap this up, but I went to uh, another thing. My wife and I, we went to Palau and I wanted to go swim with the jellyfish, which, which they did obviously in Survivor. I get there and uh, we get there anyway. I'm, I'm like, okay, let's organise. You've got to buy the ticket to get there and all that and, and to go swim with them. There's like a million jellyfish. I get on like, hey. I just need to organise a you know the trip to um to go see the jellyfish, and a guy looks at me and goes, oh haven't you heard? And I'm like what? And he goes, oh they're all dead. No, <laughs> and I'm like what? <laughs> and he goes, oh yeah, we're not running. There's no there's no tours running there now. That about six months ago, there's some mysterious bloody thing happened. They all died. Wow. And um and there's none there now. We're hoping that they're going to come back. They think there may be someone right at the bottom of the the ocean. But um uh and I'm like holy shit. Good news is they're all they're back. So I've oh. read it up recently. They're actually back, but for that 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 time I was there for about a year, they were, they were all gone. And they all dead. they said there's no point in even going there. There's just no jellyfish because wow. that was my whole thing. I wanted to go to Palau. Who Palau's one of the hardest countries from Australia to get to because there's no direct flights or anything. Even though it's real close, it's only above you know above Australia. There's no direct flights there, so it's really hard wow. to get to and expensive to get to because you've got to do so many flights. And that's why hardly any Australians have ever gone there. But um, I went there wanting to do this jellyfish. I should have probably maybe Googled it to say, hey, but who <laughs> thinks that a million jellyfish are going to die? Apparently the Palau government. I, I'll say, and yeah, we'll, we'll get back into this, but I, I remember like uh, when I went to the Great Barrier Reef and we did like went out to some island 
and uh, you know you go on the, the beaches and they're just completely covered in coral and of course you're warned like don't take coral but you're like this would be so fucking easy like no one's going to sit but like I was just like in my head I'm thinking of that warning before that episode with Colby and Jerry when they go like ding 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 like Colby got like millions of dollars fined for the production crew and big warnings I'm like okay don't do a Colby Ben so Survivor taught me not to steal coral anyway this challenge Another great challenge. Uh, we're, we're continuing on the trend. I always enjoy this challenge. I enjoy like a water carrying one, whether it be in the mouth, like we kind of had earlier, like this one where you got to throw the bucket and kind of, yeah, I, I do like kind of these types of challenges. Uh, interesting. I will say the production notes this week are very fascinating for both challenges. And this one, David Mason actually says that their initial plan was for when the flag dropped to have a big bit of fire go up at the same time. But because of the threat of rain, they had to scrap that. So uh, I thought that would have been very, very interesting. But uh, Moso win. Moso, Moso. Um, bit of a bit of a throwing. Uh, Elton doing very well with the bucket there, throwing to, uh, to to David, who then, of course, throws it to Justin. So um, and then Guy gets a bit frustrated with this one. Guy thinks this is one that they – he says afterwards, like, oh, I knew we were going to lose this one. But um, – yeah. Which is interesting. Like the next yeah. one, I feel he should have been like, I know we were going to lose the next one, but this yeah, one. Yeah, well, I think he does. Does he in the next one? He says on paper that he, he thought they were going to lose, but uh, but I know this one. Yeah, he says he's really disappointed, and um, and what is it? He mentioned has a little confessional here to two boys to say this is where she starts noticing that that Wayne and Guy need to be separated. So mm-hmm. we start seeing this is like the first little confessional here from Imogen where it's saying like these two they need to they need to be split up. One thing I'll say, like, um, with this challenge, uh, yeah, most of win. This, I should have mentioned last episode that Kakula never wins another challenge. Having said that, there's only two more tribal challenges, and Moso <laughs> wins both of them. So it's not like, you know, they're never going to, you know, there wasn't really an opportunity for them. But um, I, one thing I will say is that the slow motion when they win, I don't know if I've ever been a massive fan of no. random slow motion. And I know you've touched on it before. Dicko is not super enthusiastic all the time when somebody wins a, a challenge. Um, so I don't really like this slow motion right at the end, but, um, you know, good for Moso winning. They've, they've broken this streak and without Moso winning, we're not going to get steak. Just so good. One thing I also add to, we, we, um, published on our, I think it was our Twitter page. We had the gif the other week of Justin Melvy, the blowfly, and obviously the video on our Instagram and all that sort of stuff. But I'm going to do another gif now that I've, I've worked out how to do this. The Nicole Dixon thumbs up when they cut to her <laughs> on the bench, she kind of gives this like. Thumbs up. Like, that, that, that to me is like if somebody replies to us on, on Twitter, I'm just going to give them a Nicole Dixon going, yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed in the Nicole Dixon thumbs up. No, it, it's, it's still not as good as in the immunity challenge what, what um, Oldfield's doing on the bench. We'll talk about that. He, he's very enthusiastic when, he, when he's on the bench. But um, th- there's a little good part of Moso here. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on Justin trying to get the fire gas. So they've got their meat. So they, they've got their steak now. They're, they're ready to make hot pot. You know, he wants to make stews, a hot pot, as, as Oldfield calls it. Um, but, um, yeah, if they start showing all of a sudden Justin can't get the fire going. And this goes on for a while. And then uh, I love how it all ends, though. They, they finally, all three of the boys, they sit on the beach together. The sun's just going down. It's like, it looks pretty romantic. They, they Have you noticed all the plates and bowls they've got? They're, they're, yeah. I mean, they're, they're not the kitchen? Eating. Or something that they it, ah, of course okay must have, yeah. that must have come with the reward because yeah they weren't eating out of like a coconut shell they're, they've got a nice big metal plate there but they're eating the meal um i like how david he's looking for the reaction and uh and then of course they love it justin's like yep spot on it's great and this is where they when he says oh something about the salad oh, it's a little bit zesty or something and elton says oh man i don't give a shit about the salad <laughs> 
I think you're so underselling this, Matt. The brilliance of this whole sequence. Like this, I could watch this sequence all over because it st- <laughs> starts off. They come back to camp. Elton straight away. Elton into it. Yeah, David. No, hang on. I've lost my Elton. David. There we go. That's a bit more like it. David, I'll have my steak medium rare. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I think I'll turn into a stew. And Elton gives a bit of a look. Or will we still get like, I don't care as long as I get a steak each. And then basically David's like, oh, no, you will get a steak and then some. And then he's basically like, well, as long as I get a steak. Like, fucking Elton here. He's got this deadpan look. He's like staring at David as if to say, like, what the fuck are you doing with my steak? Um, and then, like, just even the way they cut to Justin and Justin's kind of got like this look on his face. And then Justin's just basically like, I don't care. Like, you know, we just want to eat the bloody thing. Um, and then I love it when you like Justin finally gets the fire and then the way Justin's like, I have a great big steak meal cooking on the fire right now. And then you're, you're right. Like the reaction, like this kind of silence that they have, they're all sort of, they take a bite. They all kind of go silent. And then Justin's like, oh, it's pretty bloody good. And then you know, David starts laughing and then, uh, is it David or is it Justin who says about the zesty salad? And David, yeah. It's just it's just the way Elton is like, mate, I don't give a shit about the salad. <laughs> you can I, see you can see Oldfield, he, he's actually really happy about the salad he's done. But yeah. yeah, he's got the, the line is zesty. He keeps saying zesty salad, but no one's interested in the salad. Which like, do you, are you a Simpsons fan? Like, do you, do you get Simpsons? A little bit, a little like, bit. Sh- yeah. You must know the the famous "You don't make friends with salad" song from the Simpsons. Like, oh, I, I, Lisa's like talking about wanting a salad, and basically um, Homer and Bart is like, "Oh, shut up, Lisa! You don't make friends with salad." And they start prancing around the um, the living room in like a conga line. Marge randomly joins in. Maggie, I think Ned Flanders, half the town joins in, and they start going, "You don't make friends with salad. You don't make friends with salad. You don't." And then Lisa's just daring it. <laughs> I'm like, fucking Elton is on that ball. Like, don't fucking give a shit about fucking salad. I want some fucking steak. Like, this is, this is, Elton is Sylvan because Elton is just so fantastically funny. And just, he just, he wants his steak. He doesn't want fucking salad. Like, he wants to climb trees. Like, he wants to smash shit. Like, (laughs) I fucking love Elton Flatley. There's a great line here too. I don't know whether it's, I don't know whether it's David or Elton, but they're like, meat for Moso. Yeah, no, he's like, Moso, Moso, meat for Moso. And even, even Justin, when he's doing the um, the the flint and you have that confessional and he's like, all I'm thinking of is steak, 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 steak. <laughs> like, I, this is just hilarious. Like, this to me is on par with, you, you know, those rewards and, you know, when like the golden god is like digging through a cake and they're going through the popcorn and they're like fucking doing snow angels in the popcorn and cake all over the face and throwing cakes on the ground. Like hilarious. Like this is up there. Like, okay, it's not as outwardly funny and, you know, but like this is the difference to me between the errors of Australian Survivor. Like Channel 10, it's flashy. It's like entertainment. Like I'm sure the, the producers are probably goading them on. Like, yeah, fucking smash the cake. Fucking jump in the popcorn. Like hilarious. Like the, they know what makes good TV. To me, these guys are just being natural. Elton Flatley's not doing this because he wants to get screen time. Elton Flatley just loves his fucking steak and he hates salad. So you don't make friends with salad. Elton Flatley is, I want him as the new campaign of like Australian beef. You know, have those lamb, those ads around Australia Day. Fucking get on the beef train with Elton Flatley. Just like, fuck salad, eat beef. I'm Elton Flatley, australianbeef.com. Like, that's all you need. I would eat more beef if I've got Elton Flatley telling me that. Fuck salad, eat beef. (laughs) You should be promoting Elton Flatley and meat. I, I want Elton Flatley as the face of meat. Like, just Elton Flatley. Just, 
right now, Australian Beef Commission, sign him up. Like, I, I want Elton on a cow. I want, I want fucking Elton Hog's breath. Like, Elton just sells meat. That's all he wants. Fuck salad, eat beef. There you go. I'm sure Peter and, <laughs> and all the uh, the vegetarian groups, vegan groups would be loving this right now. But uh, get Imogen on the the opposite campaign. Fuck meat, eat a salad. I'm Imogen Bailey. <laughs> Fuck meat, eat a salad.com. You know, simple. Uh, uh, can I just add, I do like on the other side where at Kakula, a kind of like sulky guy, like, oh, I really wanted a steak. I might cry. <laughs> feeling quite dark at the moment like depressed guy because he i mean his stomach full of breasty bits barely digested near he's having a salt because he wants a steak oh, i think he's having a salt because you look over at gabby she's having a confessional here she knows all of a sudden she's in a position of power mm. so she's starting to realize where she is in this game like she's actually in a pretty good position you know she knows it's going to be two two she gets to choose where this where this game goes especially for kakula and do you, did you notice that the Wayne cutting the throat bit with the knot? Yeah, yeah. So they, we don't really see what happened before that. It just cut, like, so you had the Gabby confessional saying she's in a position of power. Then it cuts to Wayne who's just holding this knife and he's sitting next to Guy and he kind of just puts it up to his throat and does like a cutting motion mm. and, and uh, cuts it, like, pretends to cut his throat. And he goes, oh, there goes my throat. Yeah. So, like, it's a great little editing there because obviously Gabby's talking about, oh, she can side with whoever and, and Wayne knows he's going to be on the chopping block. Which is also interesting to the Imogen confessional where Imogen's getting frustrated. She's like, they're sulking because they didn't win steak. Just go catch some fish. And as we saw in that production notes, basically David Mason was saying that Kakula got fishing equipment and basically gave up after a day. And yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting, like... So this is, I think, kind of just a nice little caveat there from Imogen, which I think is going to work into Gabby's favour, like, come with us, because, like, these guys are fucking doing nothing. They're not catching fish. And I guess the argument is, well, why does an Imogen or Nicole or Gabby go and catch fish? I'm not saying they didn't. Maybe they did. But maybe they were the ones who sort of, you know, didn't go off and they gave up. I don't know. But I just, it just comes out, like, this is just sulky guy wanting to stay. Like, imagine if fucking Moso didn't win. What would Elton Flatley have done? Jesus. Would have climbed oh. a tree and smashed a lot more shit than he did. But um, <laughs> you, you you mentioned it before about how kind of this is, um, you know, the dynamics here on Kakula, like just showing here and, and like Gabby really having fun with the girls. And I also like the editing just before we go to the immunity challenge, how you kind of get both sides showing how vital this challenge is. Because you've got Justin saying like, this is do or die. This is crunch time. We lose, I'm gone. And then you've got Nicole and Imogen. This is basically where they've basically said, now, like, we're going to go for Wayne if we lose. Because I don't think it was really clear who they were going to vote for. And I think it's interesting. I think it might be after the challenge where they sort of say, well, this is why we're going to vote for Wayne. Um, so, And even Wayne has a confessional here where he says, this is a turning point of the game. So I, I love that build-up. This, this is a huge challenge. I mean, this is really, really a big challenge. And the fact also, too, it's the final one before the merge. I mean, we know kind of the weight that these sort of challenges have before that. So... Yeah, like it's, I mean, this whole middle section is great. Just one last thing too. Like, so how much steak did they actually get? Because obviously we you know, we discussed the whole, the stew and all that, and they they did all that. But then the next day, yeah, they're, they're having, that's when they're having the thick steaks. Mm. And that's when, that's when um, Elton actually says, oh, that's how I like my steak. 
Well, you just know. looking, if I'm, I'm just flicked back here to the picture of the pot of the steak, I mean, there's at least look, four in there, maybe five, and there's like thick. They're like a couple of yeah, inches thick. Because because the next day, this is where we're up to now, this is where they're actually cooking like an actual, like just as you would grill a thick steak. Yeah. And that's where, oh, no, that, oh, I like my steak. I'm like, shit, there's like an endless supply of steak. they got stews going. Yeah, they're off camera, gr- Matt. Come on. Oh, David Mason's probably. feeding. One thing, actually, can I just also add before we get into the challenge, because I, I, I wanted to bring this up and I thought I'd forget. This is the the hat episode because I actually really notice Imogen's hat and then all of a sudden uh, Dicko brings it up. Obviously we've got David wearing the St. Louis Cardinals hat all season but we get Justin in a New York Yankees cap. Okay, okay. I'm so glad. So I actually wrote this in my notes but I started thinking maybe I was wrong so I wasn't going to bring it up so thank you. I've got it here in my notes. Where did this white New York Yankees cap come from that Mm. Justin is wearing? So and I noticed so I think when I first noticed it it's probably around this time where he actually he's actually wearing it like like a normal cap, so you actually yep. see the New York game. But then, so I sort of like went back and just like flicked back earlier in the episode, and he's wearing it, but wearing it backwards. So maybe mm-hmm. that's why I didn't notice it. But that he hasn't worn that in any other episode, has he? No, I've not seen it unless I haven't really been paying attention. Like, I mean, I'm, I, he's probably got it, maybe lost it, maybe found it again or something like that. I don't know. Like, but it's interesting because, like, I mean, think about Boston Rob. Boston Rob, what's he known for? He's Boston Red Sox hat, which is actually funny if you go back and watch uh, Marquesas. I believe he wears a Patriots hat. He doesn't wear a, a Red Sox hat. I think until All Stars from memory. Um, but like, I, I always kind of remember David Oldfield for wearing the St. Louis, and I hope it's a St. Louis Cardinals. It might be an Arizona Cardinals hat. It's definitely a Cardinal whether it's St. Louis or Arizona, different sports. But, hey, we'll, we'll get that when we get David on. The, the big questions here on ASA. But, like, I always associate this cap with David Oldfield, but I forget about the Yankees cap. So, mm. um, and, and even Elton's wearing, like, a, a visor. And I'm looking at here, it's got some logo on it. It's got a B. I don't know if it is a Red Sox visor, but um, not too sure. Are you, are you a, a baseball fan, Matt? Do you have a team? Do you, do you go into, like, the actual baseball caps at all? I, I I don't I don't I've I've been to a baseball game over in over in the states you but uh, well I was in New York um, the Mets or Yankees I, game I, okay I'll tell you a funny story tell you a funny story so I'm there by myself traveling around I'm like all right I'm gonna go see a baseball game work out what time it starts hop on a train I don't know how I slipped up. I've somehow got on, I knew which line I had to get on, somehow got on the wrong line, ended up in the Bronx, right? <laughs> Literally, I'm like, I get out to, and I get to the point, where I'm like, I've got to get off this train. I look around like, there is no stadium around here. So I get off, this, get off the, there was a lot of shady characters around. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. So I get off, I go down, you know, downstairs. I look around, I'm like, oh, and I go up to someone and ask, so I think it was a taxi driver sitting there. I'm like, hey, mate, where's the stadium from here? And he's like, what? He's like, no, mate, you're nowhere near it. I'm like, fuck, I realised and I got on the wrong train. So I ended up just getting a cab to the to the stadium. Get to the stadium, there's, they're already down to, I think they're into the third innings, third, yeah, third, third, third innings. But the score's already like 3-1 or something. I sat there for like the next, what, seven innings? I have many innings. They have no, total not, of nine, yeah. Nine. So I think I got there in the third, yeah. So got there, not not one more home run was scored. <laughs> so I sat there the whole, so I, I missed the bloody three home runs that we in the first two to, and to get, to get there and watch probably the most boring game I've ever watched. <laughs> you know, and those tickets, those tickets were not cheap. Yeah. Well, it's, it's fascinating actually, because I know you're a big cricket man and generally a lot of people over here, I kind of, you know, baseball, cricket, I have a lot of similarities. I've been to two, both very connected to survivor. Actually. The first one I went to in San Francisco, 
Uh, I stayed for about four or five innings. And the only reason I left was Yao Man was meeting me afterwards and we were going to like go get dinner or something. But John Carroll happened to be in San Francisco at the same time. So basically it got to a point where it's like, fuck it. Like I'm going to go hang out with John Carroll and Yao Man. Didn't see the whole game. The second one I went to was in San Diego and I went with Purple Kelly and her then partner at the time. And her partner like basically went out to a scalper and bought tickets and we were like, oh, are these real? And we were like four seats back from home plate. It was on... Memorial Day or something like that. It was the Padres versus the Cubs, who at the time were the reigning champions. Like 50,000 people. And like, it was a great game because I got to see like, was it a grand slam when you hit a home run with loaded bases? Like it was, it was pretty cool. Um, But I remember at the San Francisco game, there was a guy sitting behind me with an Indian dude. And basically this Indian guy was like, you know, like, oh, I'm a big cricket fan. So this guy was explaining to him baseball and like the comparisons to cricket. And I was just eavesdropping on their conversation. And it was quite, it was quite fascinating. But uh <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, my point with all that is I'm a White Sox fan. So uh, I've got the Sox cap. Should be wearing it for this episode. So I would go out in Survivor and I would be Chicago Ben, not Boston Rob. What? Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. Anyway. Um, Music challenge it. Yeah. Challenge uh, uh, this. I love one of these chase challenges. Like I, I'm always a fan of these. You mentioned, I think, a couple of weeks ago how, you know, like the balance one. It's a simple one. We maybe have it every couple of seasons. I, I'm, I'm always a fan of, of these chase ones. And like... It's really fascinating, this one, because the way they do like this elimination thing, because often it's not an elimination. Mm. They, they kind of just do one big long one. It's a whole try. But I like this. I like this kind of elimination style where it starts 3v3, then they make it 2v2, and they go to 1v1. And I've got a very interesting little uh, behind-the-scenes story here, according to David Mason's notes, which I'll share in just a moment. But Moso fucking shits this in. Um, you know, you've got Guy Leach, an Iron Man champion, but I guess at the end of the day, he has to be with Nicole and Wayne because uh, Imogen and Gabby have to sit out. So then you've got a fucking Wallaby, vice captain of the Wallabies, even with a bung knee, still a Wallaby. Uh, you know, David Oldfield for 55, looking fantastic, as we know. <laughs> and Justin Melvey, you know, for a soap star. Like, I mean, he's got to look buff. I'm sure he, has to, he doesn't just fucking, you know, get surgery to make look buff. He's done some training. He's got a bit of fitness behind him. I, for one, think this is a challenge. I straight away go, oh, they're screwed. And like, that's no disrespect to Kakula. Like, you've got Guy fucking Leach. But Nicole, I mean, she falls down straight away. And then Wayne Gardner, he even says, like, my fitness wasn't up to scratch. Again, my point earlier that, you know, motor racers have a lot more fitness than most people give them credit for. But having said that, this is nearly 20 years removed since he won the world championship. And I don't know what the fitness regimes were like in the 80s versus the 2000s for motorcycle racing. I know in Formula One, fitness didn't really become a thing until Michael Schumacher came in the 90s. So still a lot of drivers in the 80s didn't take fitness seriously. So I'm not sure if that was the same for motorcycle racing. So I don't know about you how you feel about this, but on paper, I'm like, most of is shitting this in and they do yeah. shit it in. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and there's a famous line, isn't it? You're only as fast as your weakest link. And I yeah. think that's classic for Kukula that, I mean, Moso are always going to w- win this. And I, this is a great classic old challenge. Like I would be happy to see this in every season of Survivor. So I'm glad they did it in this season. Um, an All-Stars in there most recently. Yeah, I, I believe so, yeah. yeah. I believe so, yeah. They, yeah, they've done it. They've definitely done it in Australia, but um, like all since. Um, but uh what about Dicko? Just before they actually got into the chance, do you like Dicko? He, he always comes up with these lines now. He's got, oh, he, he looks at the Moso guys, obviously the three buff guys, they're looking good. And he's like, oh, to a man, you look as fit as a butcher's dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've been, eating enough. They've, been eat, they've been eating enough. Uh, well, because obviously a butcher has plenty of meat, Eats so they, they 
So they, yeah. they they get all the meat but and I mean they, they be fat like if well, the dogs eat normal protein bin protein oh protein sorry we haven't mentioned protein enough Matt absolutely protein 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 <laughs> but I did like and then Elton goes oh it's our grand final today don't you love yeah. that everything goes back to the the footy no, no uh, iron team yeah we're gonna put in game of four quarters or two halves in the case of rugby like yeah yeah fucking you know yeah everything with Elton he's had his steak Matt like he's <laughs> he's none of that shit salad oh, actually <laughs> and another thing I've got here. Now, I, I, he used this word at Tribal last week. He's now used it again on, on, on the, uh, the Kakula tribe, the bedraggled. He loves using this word, yes. word bedraggled. So yes. I Googled it. I was like, define bedraggled. It it's basically means disheveled. Right. I, I use the word disheveled. Obviously, he likes the word bedraggled. I don't know whether that's a UK thing, like because obviously, you know, being, being from the UK, do they like to use or is he just – Trying to be sophisticated and use it, but I, I was like, "What the hell is this?" I've never used that word in my life. I thought it was a Brendan Fraser movie with Elizabeth Hurley. That's for dazzle, nearly, nearly <laughs> out there. But um, you know, it's, <laughs> there's you can have that joke for free this week. Mate. You're welcome. Dazzling work, but isn't that what they? Is that a new thing where they? Isn't like where people put like the diamond? You're thinking of the jazzled. Glad you mentioned the jazzled. I'm glad that that's finally come up on Australia. Like it's it's been 46 episodes, Matt. But then I'm ticking that off the bingo. The jazzled. Do they still do that? Look, having never had my vagina vajazzled, I can't quite comment on that. I will I find out with you. I, I remember when that was a thing, um, but um, it's, it's yeah, I don't, you know what? It's not as bad as Matt Dyson anal what? bleaching. Who sits around and goes, "I need my anus bleached"? <laughs> I mean, can you tick that, can you tick that off? Sorry, the sorry, sorry anus bleaching. There we go. Forty-six. Oh, right. All right, let's get back in this before we get way off track. I can see where this is going. This is going this, down a, ben, it's it's going so down a, this. ben, it's going down a slippery slope. It is. Yes, very much so. Well, I mean, we've got to talk about something because this challenge is over in the blink of an eye. This is, is this the quickest challenge we've had all season? It, it, we, and I think you mentioned it, yeah, Image and Gabby sit out. But, yeah, I mean, you look at it, it was quick. I mean, it, most of them were always going to win. I mean, it it's all Elton too. Like, Not yeah. to take away from Justin and David, but this is all Elton. And, and I'm certainly not insinuating that they, they've – Stitch the cooler up here, but if you were looking for a, a challenge to make sure that Moso win, this is yeah. a challenge you're going to do. Swap them around. Swap them around. Yeah. If you want to make it fair for immunity, make this the reward challenge and make the reward challenge immunity. But like I'm 100, and like I, you know what? Yeah, I actually don't mind. I don't mind if they do it like that. I think like, like yeah, I'm with you. Like, but what I'm saying is, I think it's more of a case of to me, this is a producers want this to be a lot more closer at oh, yeah. merge. Uh, and like, how are you going to like, again, I, I could be stepping out of turn there. Like, you know, it, it could have always been on paper, but we, we know with survivor that they're, they're a bit fluid. Like, you know, Oh, Aussie's in danger. Why are there 10 swimming challenges in a row? Oh, what are the chances? Um, you know, so like to me, it kind of is a little bit of a, okay, we really want these tribes to be a lot closer come the merge. And also on paper, if you're David Mason, you're any of the producers, if you're going, what's going to be a more entertaining tribal council this week? Is it going to be Justin clearly getting voted off and Moso lose another member? Or is it going to be the, the two twosomes fighting over Gabby to save one of them? And to me, that's the more entertaining one on paper. We got that and it was it was really good. So, um, but yeah, this challenge is, is not even close. And I have to say though, I do... So the production notes here, Matt, this is actually uh, quite fun. And I wish I had known this. Uh, when we interviewed David. So um, basically, I am... Oh, I'm reading the wrong one. Did you know that Dicko has a diary? I found here this week Dicko's diary. They've only got episode six posted here. So next week's uh, recap, we're going to have to read from Dicko's diary. But the production notes. 
Uh, Dave Mason says, The pack race was over quicker than we'd hoped for. An Iron Man guy was devastated. He's super competitive, and for him and Wayne to lose against Elton and Justin was a real blow. You don't see it in the show, but just for fun, once the challenge was over, we challenged Guy and Elton to race each other. Iron Man versus Wallaby, and each of them carrying 30 kilos on their backs. I'm, I'm guessing they said no, because he doesn't go into any more detail, but... Uh, I mean, I'm assuming that would have been the final three, Elton versus uh, Guy, Wallaby versus Iron Man. I like that match. That's, that's actually funny you say that because remember I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when they did the um, the prison break challenge and Guy and Elton um, had to run out to get the flag or key or whatever first. To get, and I actually said, oh, it'd be good, it would have been good to see them have a, yeah. a matchup. So, and I didn't know about this. So, no, I mean, so yeah, obviously, yeah, obviously the producers were thinking the exact same thing. That I reckon it would have been close because... Because like I said, obviously, Guy remained, obviously, he was, um, you know, older and, and past his prime, but he was still very fit, like oh, extremely yeah. fit, still is now. Still and obviously, Elton was in the prime, prime of, you know, being 28 and in the prime of his life. So, um, I, I still would have, I think I still would have backed maybe Guy. Ooh, see, yeah, I mean... I would almost go team Elton just because I, I just see how well Elton did in this challenge. Like Elton just shattered in. Um, like again, like as you summed it up before, you're only as, as strong as your weakest member. So guy by himself, um, you know, different story. But um, Elton did have a bung knee, didn't he? Um, mm, you know? True. So, um, but I just, I just, everything I saw from Elton in this challenge was like, you know, crazy good so and he's got fucking steak in him matt like the breasty mm. bits have starting to worn out a little bit on guy like like you know none of that shit salad in the gullet from elton like it's all about the protein 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 so i don't know when we when we get both of them on the show maybe we, we, we get them on for the reunion potentially at the end of the season well all right you two right now fucking here's a challenge uh we can't get you to run around against each other so <laughs> uh we're gonna play mario kart uh <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I'd, I'd be down for that. Watching Elton Flatley and Guy Leach play Mario Kart. Why not? Uh, but we're back at back at camp. Wayne. Oh, this, before we say that, though, did we actually mention during this whole... Uh, sorry, just to wrap this challenge up. This I, I did mention earlier about David on the sidelines. This David's full moso now. Like, obviously, he started the game in Kakula. But I've just yeah. written a few notes. Like, obviously, he's doing the whole moso, moso, moso the whole time they're running around. And then he's yelling out, death to Kakula. Yes. <laughs> And I just like you brought that up, and it it got me thinking. When we get David on, I just feel like he was he did his best work while he was in Moso. So I actually wonder, like, when we talk to him, like, which time did he enjoy more when he was in Kakula or when he's in Moso? I think to me, he's all Moso. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Um, It's it's interesting because I always forget that that kind of like you know obviously he's on the tribe, but like. I just, I mean, this is what I think I said before. Like, every time I think of Moso, I just think of Moso, Moso, Moso. <laughs> but I love that line of death to Kakula. Um, just like, but <laughs> I, mean, I just, I, I just love the banter. Well, well, I just love the banter. He's on. He's not just sitting there on the sidelines doing nothing. He, he's literally like, he's the, you know, the, the, the choir guy, you know, yeah. the, the, cheer, what, the cheer squad. What season, I've gone completely blank now of the US one, where they all came into like an immunity challenge and they were like in a conga line and they were kicking out and they were like chanting their tribes. What season was that? Oh, shit. You know Just what I'm talking about, right? I do know what you're talking about. I can't remember what season it was. I feel yeah. like it was a newish season. Like I feel like it was in the 20s. I could be well off there, but, um, you know, I'm sure if we've got, you know, Matt or someone else out that listening, they'll be able to correct us. But um, I like that. I like a bit of, you know, like I know you didn't like it last season when they come in linked arms and things like that, but I like it when you sort of get a bit of like, eh, tribal mentality, you know, like, <laughs> fuck yeah, we're most so like men, steak, fucking no salad. 
Like that, you know, I love it. Like, oh, I love it on my chest. Uh, <laughs> you were... I'm so weak, Matt. Like, oh, I need geez, some steak. I need some yeah, protein. You do. You do. With, with mushroom sauce. Mushroom. You, you, well, yeah, again, don't mind the mushroom. But um, so it's interesting before tribal here. Wayne Albert says, like, I gave up, which is kind of interesting. He kind of, he's talking about this not being his fitness on up scratch, I think he says. And then he says, like. This type, this level of fitness is not my game. Yeah. But, yeah, it's interesting that he says, like, I I basically gave up. But this is where, like, you know, reading Gabby. So, like, there's, like, two moments here where, like, one Gabby's, like, sunning on the beach. And then there's this moment here where guys kind of say, you know, who do you want to vote for? You know, like, we're thinking we're going to go for Imogen. And Gabby's just like, "Mm mm-hmm. And then, you know, later on, guys are like, oh, well, you've got an input in this decision too. And she's just like, whoever you think, mm-hmm, sure, no, I agree. And then you, you cut to, like, Gabs with Imogen and Nicole. She's hugging them. She's fucking like, yeah, woo, girl power. And, like, this is where I want to give props to Imogen and Nicole for their social game. And, like, I don't think, to me, it's not even playing a game. It's just Imogen and Nicole. They're just being natural. They're being themselves. Um, but they're able to sway her over. And this is somebody who only a couple of weeks ago was like, oh, I want to be with the boys. I love being with the boys, you know. Um, but it's just it's just so interesting, this dynamic. I mean, again, re-watching this, it's kind of obvious, I think, that Gabs is going to flip. But at the same time, like, she, she has a few confessionals here, doesn't she, where she's basically like, you know, like, oh, I'm sort of, you know, loyal to my tribe. Like, you know, this is what it is. And I kind of want to be this way. And obviously Guy and Leechie, oh, well, Guy is Leechie, Leechie and Wayne, you know, both are very kind of strong on board here that Gabs isn't flipping. Um, yeah, I just, I like, like, this is this I, I, to me. I, I, just, I just love, I love how obviously when they're talking to Gabby too about who's going, yeah, they, they make out like they're doing Imogen a favour about, but, oh, I was, she's probably doing her a favour. Yeah, like who wants to be voted out? No one. But yeah. They're just, they're, they're just really trying to, just play it down, like oh, look, she's she's very they're saying oh, she's sick a lot. She's we're doing her a favor. Just just slip her a vote and we'll move on. They mention that a lot, don't they? About um, yeah, all of them say sick. like sick, and they also mention a lot about how oh, I don't want to vote anyone out. Now, I I don't believe them. I believed um, Kadena last season when they didn't want to vote anyone out. Like I, I believe some of these other tribes and other seasons where they're that close and they just don't want to vote anyone out here. Gabby's, oh, yeah, I totally don't want to vote anyone. She's like, fuck Wayne. Like, she <laughs> she doesn't give a shit. You see it in her face. Oh, like, yeah. you see it at she's Tribal done. Council. She's, like, yeah. got this little smirk on her face, like, fuck off, Wayne. Like, she, like I just love the fact that you get that line from, oh, I don't want to vote anyone off. I'm like, fuck off, you want to vote off. I, 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 yeah, go it'll ahead. Be interesting, it'll be interesting when we talk to Wayne that did, did he see it coming or was he that confident that Gabby was going to stay with him? I, I, I honestly think that they didn't see it coming. I like, and I, again, we will be corrected next week if I'm wrong. Um, but like, it's, you get it from a lot from Guy here. You get Guy basically, like, no, Gabby's with us. And like, Wayne's kind of got that, like, yeah, no, we're fine. And because Guy keeps saying to Wayne, like, it's just a numbers game. Like, you know, we've got it. And then you get it from the reaction of Guy. Like, you get that fantastic facial reaction from Guy at Tribal Council. So to me, I think Wayne's on board with Guy so much that they're, they're, they're not even doubting that he's got like I know you kind of got a few confessionals here that's how I read it I don't know if you read it differently or not no no I agree I agree yeah it's I'm just looking forward to speaking to Wayne about it, honestly because yeah it's 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 probably it's it's the biggest talking point about this episode isn't it that that, yeah. that the tension that's built it's been building up it's been brewing it's been brewing and then it ends up you know becoming a great blindside and, and changing or kind of changing this game and I just want to add before we get to tribal 
is that, and again, like I, I always feel like I'm so negative against the Channel 10 version. And, and like, I, I just, I'm comparing it from what we're doing right now with this. And I am very much hashtag team old school, old school survivor got the shirt. You know, I, I definitely hold that personally to me better than what we got today. But you know, when we get to Channel 10, I'm definitely going to speak up about it a lot. And there's just certain things I don't like, but I really enjoy this style of pre-tribal kind of keeping you guessing who's going to go. Like it's not so in your face that you're like, you know, this is the biggest thing since World War Two or something. Like it's it's not so overly dramatic and edited that you're like, oh, it's it's subtle enough, it's it's entertaining enough, and you've got enough on your mind going into this kind of like, who's going home? And I never had the joy of watching this live. I When I eventually watched this, I clearly knew what was happening. Like I I'd looked it up. I knew everything. So none of this was a surprise when I first ever watched this episode. But I can imagine watching this live and not knowing what's happening. It was a massive episode to feel that reaction. And like you see that on the, the forum, on the Survivor Sucks forum here. I mean, the opening comment is, wow, I didn't think it would be Wayne. Anyone else surprised? Um, even though somebody underneath straight away says, it was obvious that it was going to be Wayne. Somebody underneath goes, I'll admit it, I was surprised. Um, so, yeah, like there's a lot of like talking point on the the forums at the time of like, wow, this was, you know, this was a big thing. So I don't know if when you eventually watched this for the first time, Matt, if, if you knew what had happened. Uh, I don't know if you were aware that this was something that happened. But, yeah, I feel like this is an episode you need to watch without knowing what happens to fully get the wow, like blindside. Wow, that was a big move. You, you, you are Guy Leach in that moment when that vote yeah. gets read out. Oh, absolutely. And I know, yeah, when I originally watched this season, which is only a year and a half ago for the first time, yeah, I, I, I do remember that I was, I was, holy shit. Like I didn't, I probably in the end, you, you always end up thinking, I guess that they, people are going to chicken out and they're going to stay with their original lines. You know, a lot of the time that happens, mm. especially in Australia, like probably America is a little bit different, but in Australia, I think in the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a lot less rare that people will jump ship. Um, but um yeah, so I do remember that. I was like, holy shit, like Wayne's gone. I, I always I always think I always thought that Wayne went a lot further. Mm. You know, he doesn't even obviously make the jury, which is disappointing. But um I think I think in the in the end though, like the amount of time Wayne was there, I think you know, we, we don't see a lot of him real early on, but I think him and that relationship he had with Guy kind of helps build Guy's character as well. So he's, he definitely served a purpose being, you know, on this season. I think if you had to rank the pre-jurors you know, Wayne's kind of there with Kim and Ben in the fact that, yeah, like, yeah. You know, like Amber and Fiona are memorable. You're going to, if you ever oh, did yeah. a all-time pre-jury, you know, top 50 of Australian Survivor, like I'm putting Fiona and Amber up quite high, whereas, you know, Wayne, clearly Ben, and Kim aren't necessarily going to be huge standouts. Yeah, we appreciated Kim a lot more after, you know, analysing it, but I, I still think at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's kind of like Lucinda, right? Like, better than we thought, but still, you know, there they are. Mm. And Wayne's kind of in that category, you know, like it's, it's not to take away from Wayne. And I realize we're kind of eulogizing here. We haven't talked about tribal, but it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to talk to him next week because I, I think we, I said in the very first episode, if I had to say who the most famous person was coming into this, I would personally say Wayne Gardner. Um, you know, it was a big deal for him to win the world championship in the eighties. It was a very big deal. The first Australian to ever win a 500 CC world championship set the tone for, you know, Mick Doohan, Casey Stoner. It was, it was a big deal. And I think that he was, you know, a household name in this country for quite some time. He went to touring cars. You know, he's kind of had a stinker. Still to this day, people in Australia, most people would know who Wayne Gardner is. So, like, to me, it was it was more of a celebrity side of like, wow, like Wayne Gardner's gone. But, yeah, 
I mean, we'll, we'll get to eulogising a little bit and talking to him next week. Because I don't know if Wayne Gardner's ever done an interview. Um, you know, no one's ever tracking down Wayne Gardner to talk to him about time on a reality show. Like, he's probably mm-hmm. done podcasts and radios. They're talking about his career. Like, what's your take on, you know, Casey Stoner, Valentino Rossi, the state of MotoGP today? Here we are talking to him about Survivor. <laughs> I, think, I think when I originally reached out to him, which is a while ago now, I think, it, yeah, I think the reaction was like, well, yeah, well, okay. Uh, like, it's a bit <laughs> random, but uh, all right. So, and he's probably glad. He's probably glad he gets to talk about something different than obviously his, his racing career. And I would talk, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm a massive Formula One fan, but, you know, I, I know enough about MotoGP to get excited to ever get an opportunity to do interview Wayne Gardner. Like, if I get McDoin, you know, I'm going to be excited. Casey Stoner, these are guys who I look up to and admire for what they've achieved in sport. I, I gladly would. It's like when we get to Stephen Bradbury's season. I mean, I, I, I maybe one of the most excited I've ever been for a, you know, a champions versus contenders is probably Stephen Bradbury because this is a guy who I idolize. I've interviewed Stephen Bradbury before. I've read his autobiography. Like this is a guy who I've idolized my entire life. So to get him on to talk about Survivor, I fuck, I'd talk to him about the weather and I would be excited. Well, you can talk to him about Holy Moly because he was on Holy Moly oh, as well. Oh, there you go. Did he? Him and, and Matt Rogers. So we got a couple oh, of I saw Survivor. Matt Rogers on social media that he was on there. So uh, anyway. Yeah. Tribal Council, um, Dicko again on fire because <laughs> Dicko just fucking, hey, Imogen, surprise, you're still here. <laughs> it's, a curse of the bl- it's a curse of the blonde, man. I love that. Like, I, I completely forgot this was brought up. I wish we had remembered that and we're talking about this because he's actually not wrong. Amber, yeah. Fiona, Kim, Ben didn't really have any hair, but like, you know, I mean, you know, it's funny. I literally was sitting there like, hang on a second, like Leachy's blonde hair. And then he covers that saying, well, Leachy's doesn't count. He's a bottle blonde. Yeah. And I mean, this, he got- which again, he just loves, he loves his Leachy, right? I see, this is where I, I, I want to give props to Dicko again. I mentioned this in our last recap about how he's got a great line of questioning. I mean, this, this is just like, I love fun facts like this. I love bringing up strange little, you know, trivia bits that probably mean nothing. But, you know, when you get that, oh, reaction, like, that's true. Like, I love that. And this is one of those ones where I've seen this season how many times I can't remember. But even I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and even Imogen kind of has a bit of a like, a, oh, yeah. So, but I mean, what's your take? So, so Dicko says here that you're a major still here. You've got your funny little hat, a face like thunder. I thought you were the angry Smurf and now you're like Miss Congeniality. To which Imogen says, I'm loving every minute of it. Dicko's like, really? Uh, (laughs) Is Dicko just being a dick? Does Dicko just like, he has a few moments like this, I think, to some of the women. He's definitely trying to bait her. I think he's he's basically saying, Imogen, you're pretty crap early on. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually surprised he's still here. And, of course, Imogen goes on, especially from here, Imogen really goes on to play this game really oh, God, well. Yeah. So I think – so um, I can't remember what Dicko – if he says stuff in the future, we'll, we'll wait and see. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this is where – this from this point is where really Imogen kicks on to be – well, you know, well, she's a Hall of Fame player now, isn't well, exactly. she? Well, so, exactly, Hall of Famer. Yeah. And she was she was voted as a Hall of Famer over Guy Leach, the winner of this season. So Guy Leach got in as one of the extra ones. So, like, the the, the number one vote-getter in the Hall of Fame was Imogen Bailey for season two. So uh, this is the esteem that fans have hold of Imogen Bailey from this season. So uh, Dicko's just jealous. Dicko knew back in 2006 that Imogen's going to get a Hall of Fame, not over Dicko. So, um yeah, but no, you're right. Like Imogen just gets better and better and better, and she's still been really good. I think I think there's a good part here with Nicole too. Dicko asked Nicole whether you have to be ruthless to win this game, and yeah, she just has a great line. She said, "Well, I think you have to be clever." Yeah, you know, and she goes on to say a few other things, but but it's true. Too. I think, and that's where Nicole's strength is. She's clever. She we haven't. I mean, 
one thing I did forget about this season, we haven't really actually seen a lot of Nicole, have we? No. no you like, see the occasional confessional and all that, but she is a good survivor player, but we oh, haven't actually seen a, a lot of a lot of her Nicole's, up until this point. Nicole's great. The problem like again, I keep saying that I, I would argue that Nicole and Imogen are maybe the, the greatest power couple in the history of Australian Survivor. I, I think the thing with Nicole is that because like Imogen's so good and Nicole's also so good. I think the shine kind of goes more on Imogen a little bit more because she lasts a little bit longer. And I think most people agree that Imogen probably would have won this season had there not been that twist. Um, but like Nicole, it, it's kind of like JT and Steven in token teens, right? Like you get to the end and, and JT's like Jesus and he's got all this sort of stuff and Steven never really gets the credit for it. And again, probably like apples and oranges, they're not quite the same because I realized Steven, you know, got his hands a lot dirty, but Nicole doesn't really get her hands dirty. But like it, it would be an amazing thing to find out if Imogen and Nicole get to the end, how that vote would have gone. Because mm. holy crap, like Nicole is the most likable human on planet. She is the female Lance. You know, like you can't say a bad word about and, Nicole. And and Wayne and Guy actually said so when they're working out who they wanted to vote for, the reason why they don't aren't voting for Nicole is because they're saying she's got a great work ethic. She never yeah. gives up. She gives a hundred percent in challenges. So, and and that's not really shown in in this or well, up until now. It's not shown, but. Obviously, yeah, she, she is that type of person that easy to live with, doesn't give up, you know, helps out, gives 100%. She's not getting sick like, you know, obviously Imogen was early on. Um, so it does say a lot the fact that they actually want Imogen gone before they want Nicole. And I think maybe at the end of the day, the editors don't have a lot to work with with Nicole outside of her. She's a great social player and she's so fucking nice. It's yeah. like, like yeah. You, you think back to someone like a Sierra Dawn Thomas from, from Worlds mm. Apart. You know, she went very deep in that game, but you barely saw anything from her. But if you talk to anyone from Worlds Apart who made it to, like, the final five or six, they were like, we have to get rid of her. She's so dangerous because she's so well-liked. And, I mean, that's Nicole. Like, she's so well-liked. She's not causing conflict. It's not like an Imogen where kind of she starts off, you know, sick and struggling and she looks like she's the first to go. She's got a great sort of recovery arc and then kind of into a dominant arc. Nicole's just always there. Nicole's someone who's always going to make it to the end. And... You know, what more can you show with that? But that's not to take away from Nicole. Like, if it was Nicole and Guy at the end, Nicole wins. If it's Nicole and David at the end, Nicole wins. Like, Nicole wins this game pretty much against anyone except for Imogen. And that's just based down to how well-liked Nicole is. But if you have Nicole on a modern season, like, Nicole is someone you want to get rid of, right? Because she's so likable, even though she's probably going to get right to the end. You know, I think we, we mentioned that Nicole's kind of like a shoney. You know, whereas, yeah. like, like no one really disliked Shawnee on the show, did they? Like, Shawnee, you know, was fun and great social and everybody liked her. And the fans loved Shawnee. I think if Nicole was on a modern season of Australian Survivor, like, she would be a Shawnee. You know, she would be mm. so loved. And, I, I, again, I can't speak for the fans in 2006 if Nicole was the most loved out there. But, I mean, you know, Nicole doesn't do anything at all in this season that should piss a fan off. Or, or piss a, a player off. Like, Nicole is just Nicole. The Lance of season two, easily. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, just just before they do the votes too, Guy uh, guy gets a bit of a um, Says mate. comment here. Yeah, he does. He does. But um, Dicko points out, obviously, now, you know, Guy's in a vulnerable position. He says, oh, you know, you're a high achiever. You're more vulnerable. And Guy, guy he's good at he, – he is good at the way he talks. He plays things down. He's very calm. He's very – um, yeah, he's very calm and collected. Like he says, oh, you know, I just keep del- delivering, providing, you know, and hopefully that's worth something. So I think Guy knows he's, he's well, he's, he's soon to know he's going to be in a sticky situation, but he's always playing it down. He's always playing his cards close to his chest. He's, he's keeping calm. He's just trying to, he's, 
He's trying to be the good guy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of goes back to, um, you know, he knows that Guy is kind of almost, you know, he's attached to Guy, uh, sorry, to, to Wayne. He's attached to him. So he's, you know, got to kind of go to Gabs and calm her down. And like, I, I still feel Guy 100% th- thought he was safe. Because, I mean, David Mason says in the notes, Guy completely blindsided. You see it in his reaction here when Wayne goes. But like, I guess it's that part of him where he knows that, you know, if he believes a 5% chance that he's going to be on the wrong side of the numbers here, he's still trying to be, you know, level-headed. And we're going to see that next week from Guy. We're going to see kind of this fight and tenacity and he's not going to give up. And I think a lot of that comes from Guy being a fan of Survivor. Like, and we're, we're that deep into Survivor in 2006 that you can be a bit more game-aware of your actions have consequences rather than the Whalers Way guys only having watched Borneo and Australian Outback. It's, you know, a little bit different. So, yeah, like I, I respect Guy so much, you know, five episodes in. Not that I'm saying I never respected Guy, but I think kind of, you know, the default that Guy Leach is the worst winner of Australian Survivor really comes down to the twist aspect and why. If Guy Leach had a been, if like let's, if Imogen went home in this episode and Guy won based by getting to the end like a legitimate season and this is how Guy played the entire way, I think Guy ranks a lot higher. You know, he's he's probably ahead of the majority of Channel 10 winners, to be honest with you. Like, if Guy mm. kept this up for the entire season. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really clever what Guy does. It's it's very Rob Dixon-y in some aspects, but I don't think he's quite as cutthroaty as Rob Dixon. But there are elements of Guy's game which uh, slightly it, match Rob's on the social side of things and the desire. I, I tell you what, though, if Guy, if Guy played a modern-day survival, I reckon he wouldn't be scared to make cutthroat moves. Oh, God, like, no. I, a guy's the sort of person that will, he wants to be the nice guy, and I'm sure he is a nice guy, but don't let that fool you. Like, guy's got will, a temper. Guy, he, guy's he's got, got a temper. He's got a temper. He likes getting his own way. He's obviously used to, you know, he's, he's a, used to getting his own way. He does well. Um, he's done well in life, you know, but he likes things to to, to run how he wants to. And yeah. he wouldn't be scared. He wants to get to the end. He's not there just to make friends. So he would have been more than happy to cut cut some throats along the way if it meant him getting to the end and winning. And he would do that in a modern-day Survivor, no doubt. We, we, when we see it in the, the – you mentioned it last uh, recap episode about the challenge when he kind of has his go at um, at, at Dicko. And, and like, we David Mason kind of alluded to a couple of people who sort of, you know, spoke out a lot against production and that. And, I, you know, got to say, I'm believing one of them is Guy Leach. And that's not to, you know, throw Guy under the bus and be say, like, guys, like, that's just Guy. Like, that's the type of guy – guy is uh and i think like you're 100 percent right like he would be great and we know that channel 10 have shown interest in getting guy leach on on survivor be it as an all-star as like who knows we'll get to the bottom of that when we get guy on the show but yeah like guy has got every chance he's, he's guy's probably got the most chance of any season one and season two player of ever playing again and whether that's based on him playing the first time or it's just because he's guy leach and we looted on it. This guy's, you know, 15 years older than he was on this show, but he's still in amazing shape. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, but I should say, go ahead, mate. Go. No, I was just going to say, and the fact that he's older, but it might actually, that might actually help him. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, because I think he's maybe a less of a threat than he really is. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, we've got plenty of time to talk about Guy. Still, we'll talk a little bit more about Guy next week, but uh, we should be talking about Wayne here. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, Wayne gets voted out. Gabby switches with the girls. It's a 3-2 vote. The, the great reaction from Guy. I mean, this, this is a modern-day reaction. I love his reaction. It's so good. Okay, so I put here, who does it better, David Jeanette or in, in, when, when um, Daisy gets – you know, when, when yeah. in, in All-Stars, when he's in on the vote for Daisy, but Daisy doesn't realise and he does that fake, like, yeah. look around and it's like, it's, it's like the most famous look anyone's ever given in Survivor. It, it's, it's identical to, to Leachy. 
Guy, I like guys like more because the guys is legit. And like that's not to take yeah. away like David's is brilliant because like you're yeah. in on the joke, so you think, ah, oh, ha, 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 funny. Like I get it. But like I just I like a natural like it's like an Eliza reaction from Vanuatu, funnily enough, on the jury, right? Like that <gasps> shock look. Guys is up there. And I always forget that this is a thing. And this this is like I mean, imagine this in Channel Ten. This would be replayed for days, and like oh. you know, like it would well, just can we be, can yeah. we do a poll? And, and like you said, obviously hers is legit. Uh, sorry, guys is legit, and 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 David's was you know put on because he, he knew that obviously Daisy was going home. But can we put up a poll where maybe um, we put up the two of them and who, who does it better, like on social media, like who, who does the biggest wow factor kind of thing? Yeah, we can we can do that. It's Matt, going to be hard to beat David's, but I just think guy, I just think well, he does it pretty well. I can tell you now that David will win based on the fan community. Like, I don't yeah. think anyone and like, but like it. And I'm not trying to take this away from fans of Australian Survivor saying like, you know, the the true fans are the only ones who like all of the seasons. That's what I'm trying to say. But like, you know, people who listen to us who are who are watching this season alongside us who are kind of appreciating this and kind of respecting this for the season. It would be interesting to hear your thoughts. And like, again, if you, if you don't like this season at all and you think it's shit and I don't give a fuck about Guy Leach's reaction, I, I'm golden gold all the way, for sure. Let us know. But yeah, no, it, it's a good point, actually. It'd be interesting to see. But uh, yeah, Wayne's gone. Um, Dicko kind of mentions a little bit here about Guy. You, you know, you're in a bit of shit now. And I, I even like, I mentioned before, Gabby's sort of little subtle smirk that Gabby has. <laughs> as she but also like Wayne... When he gets voted out, he kind of turns and has a bit of a look. I don't know if he's looking towards Gabby there as if to say, like, oh, you, you mole. Like, um, <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, and, yeah, Wayne, Wayne's final words basically saying that he's had a great time, a bit betrayed. Uh, but then he says, may the best man win. I, I noticed that. I did yeah. notice that. Either. He was $5,000 to the Royal Alexandra Hospital for Children. So good on Wayne, for that, I think $5,000 to any uh, children's hospital is always um, well Which, received. It's it's interesting. Well, obviously, we're going to – we'll say right now we're, uh, we're going to be honoured to be joined by Wayne Gardner next week on the show, probably the only interview I feel he's ever done in 15 years about Survivor. Um, and I don't really have a lot really from Wayne to say what he's done since. Like, I know he's kind of stayed in the spotlight a bit. He's sort of uh, – I think he does a bit of commentary for for some motorcycle stuff, you know. Goes on a lot of shows and talks about it. But I mean, he was he was retired post uh, for, for Survivor, so there's not a lot of racing he's done after this. He does a lot because it's hard to friggin' time down. He's always <laughs> going around, even in COVID time. He's around different countries. He's doing stuff. He goes on rides with people. I don't know whether people. I don't know whether he runs some. So we'll find out. I don't know, but. He's hard to track down, so to get this interview is a, is a big deal because he literally is the hardest guy to to lock in for an hour or two just to have a chat to him. Well, well to point out some of the things that this guy has, and we'll talk to him next week about this, you know, he's a member of the Order of Australia for winning the World Championship. The uh, the FIM, the Federation Internationale de Motorcycle, have honoured him as a legend of MotoGP. He was inducted into the Australian Sports Hall of Fame in 91, received the Australian Sports Medal in 2000, and the main straight and Phillip Island is named the Gardner Strait after his honour. So, I mean, this again, as I said to you at the very beginning of this coverage, to me, to me personally, the most famous guy on this season was Wayne Gardner. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to talk to him about that next week and obviously, you know, time. Because Wayne's also somebody who I don't know if he's ever gone on to do any other reality shows. I, I, I can't remember if he's ever, you know, done other shows like obviously Guy Leach has kind of only said oh, I'm ever going to do Survivor uh, you know we know David Oldfield is basically one in every single week uh, Image and Bailey like done other ones you know things like that so yeah it's it's going to be interesting to to talk to him about 
this experience because like this is kind of like say a lot of the the champions versus contenders like i look at someone like a simon black a stephen bradbury you know nova paris like these, these are people who are just saying yeah sure and they probably just forget they ever did it because again they leave survivor still i'm still say stephen bradbury i'm still simon black i'm still nova paris we're not known for survivor wayne gardner i guarantee you if 99.999 percent of people who meet wayne gardner are there because fuck it's wayne gardner i love this guy he's a sporting legend I would love to find out from Wayne Gardner. When has anyone ever brought up that you were even on Survivor? <laughs> like it's it's kind of it's it's one of the guy Leach. He won the season. You're gonna you know bring that up. You know someone like Justin Melvey, probably a little bit more chance. But the majority of people, the 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 huge, he might have never been mentioned that he was on Survivor for 15 years. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to to talk to Wayne next week and uh, learn a little bit uh, more about his Survivor time. No, I've definitely been on with you, mate. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's all, it's all, it is it is always good chatting to people that have sort of put it in the past and then ha- then some random couple of guys get onto them 15 years later and say, hey, let's chat some Survivor and they're willing to do it. So it's uh, it would be good to know, yeah, why he went on the show. Was he a Survivor fan? And, you know, did he actually enjoy being on the show? He looked like he, he enjoyed doing it. So, yeah, um, no, I think he, he did look like he enjoyed it. So it'll be interesting. I actually, I'm reading here too. He's, he's, we don't really go often the, the the profiles that Yahoo 7 put out before the, the season. But uh, saying here, he, at least in 2006, runs a family business in wholesale motorcycle parks in Wollongong, but he's based on the northern beaches with his wife, Tony, and sons, Remy and Luca. Wayne also has a home in Monaco. So, uh <laughs> Okay, right. as you do. But uh, there you go. I also, I just quickly, before we sort of look ahead to next week, uh, the, some of the comments are on YouTube um, and also on the Celebrity Sucks, uh, the Survivor Sucks one. Don't want to go through all of them, but a couple here that stand out for me. Caramillo21 and Survivor Sucks. I absolutely hate Wayne after tonight. He is so fucking rude and misogynistic. <laughs> what about when he referred to Gabrielle as a mole? Typical bogan dickhead from the gong. Um, wow. And uh, then after on, on YouTube, uh, this one here from Kim. I've been binging Survivor from different countries for the last few days while hunkering down in Cambodia during the pandemic. And this is definitely the most sexist, misogynistic series I've seen so far. Made me laugh out loud when Wayne got blindsided by the women in this episode. Now, I don't want to bring this up and turn this into a thing, but is this really the most sexist, misogynistic? No. Like, okay, mole and, and princess are not the most appropriate terminologies to call females. I'm not saying that's not nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, you know, uh might be a couple of people in your tribe, Matt, that said a few things worse on your season. <laughs> yeah, true. It may, maybe she's referring to the whole uh, melons incident as well maybe. from last week. But, Who knows? Uh, but, look, it's interesting. Uh, just on that note uh next week wayne gardner on the show um as always i mean matt anything else you want to add on wayne or anything before we we wrap this up and uh um, look ahead to next week i don't think so i mean we're getting through with it what next next recap halfway through the season ben the merge. halfway yeah. through it's going quick very it's going quick. quick but um we're definitely learning a lot of, uh, especially love these interviews uh, we still no luck tracking down ben win we're trying um a little yeah. bit too hard sometimes. <laughs> I feel I feel like you're just going to basically track down every Benwin on the planet and just rock up to their house and be like, "Senior Constable Matt Dyson, show me." Oh no, you're like, right, I'm moving on. Um, but no, it's 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 interesting. Like halfway through, and like, we always said this is going to be the shortest season we cover, and 
God, if we're like five episodes into season three, we're barely through a week of Australian Survivor then. So, um, you know, good luck to that. But uh, yeah, plenty still to come. We've got uh, lots of exciting interviews and lots of exciting coverage still to come. So uh, stay tuned. As always, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe uh, on all the relevant podcast services, Instagram as well. We always like hearing feedback from everyone who listens. We appreciate all the support. And let us know what you thought about this episode. As I said, I think this is personally the best episode of the season so far. It's a great episode and really a a strong episode. Holds up very well. I don't know if I mentioned that at all, but this this episode 15 years later to me holds up extremely well. Very watchable. Uh, So nothing dated really about this. Maybe the term mole. But um, hey, David Mason executive produced that. So maybe it was a subtle plug for uh, the mole back then. <laughs> uh, Matt, what are we going to close out with this week? Because, you know, like I, I, I like this free open-ended thing. I've mentioned this often and you had a great idea for this week and one that I, I didn't even debate. I'm like, fuck, that's great to me. Let's do it. Well, I just remember in the, I'm sure it was like the early 2000s. I remember I had a mate and we used to drive around his car and he used to always play this Schumacher song. It's like, it's like a techno song, Schumacher. DJ and I know you're Massage a, called yeah, Formula. Yes. Well, I know you're a massive Formula One guy. And I know, look, I know that uh, obviously Wayne Garner, he, he's a Moto GP, he's a motorbike, but, um, but I don't know of any techno moto songs, but Schumacher is the closest, best thing. So I reckon we, we take it away. What do you reckon? Take Absolutely. it away with that. Well, I'll give you the, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon connection here. Wayne Gardner as the first Australian Moto GP champion was followed up by Mick Doohan, who, of course, went on to win five consecutive championships. Mick Doohan, very close personal friends with Michael Schumacher. When Michael Schumacher used to come to Australia for the Grand Prix, he used to always come a couple of days early, go hang out with Mick Doohan. They'd go, like, bike riding together and do a lot of things. So there's your Kevin Bacon. So you've got a good connection there, Matt. So uh, good job. Well, and that's a good excuse to, to, to play the song. But before we go, I'm just going to give you the definition of vajazzled. Oh, okay. Right? Right. A beauty treatment in which a woman's pubic hair is adorned with crystals, glitter, and or with decorations there we go that's how we're going to end the show today yeah on that note um yeah i'm speechless um (laughs) might go google some bejazzled pictures right now Uh, my name is ben and i'm bejazzled out of here my name's matt and i'm gonna go find some of the spoon this is a real big challenge can i tell you one of the hardest things i've ever done She can see past that and can see the good that I brought to the, to the tribe. She has a run into with Wayne, uh, which is not good for me. I do feel sorry for them on the other side of it, but no waterproof or You can go over there if you want. Just stay there. You want to go to a motor? Did you feel that sorry? Come on, Dal. Shut up, Wayne. So does anyone feel like a little lime juice squirted on their fire or just want that Survivor. For me, in the beginning, it was all about winning the challenges, but I haven't been a part of too many winning teams. What we really want the reward to be today would be protein. 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 It's time for us to be a force to be reckoned with. The tribe's pretty depleted of protein. 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 We really need a win today. I'm hoping that uh, whatever the reward is, that it's something that we can get a lot of protein. 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 Out of to uh, get our muscles and brains working again. Ah! Oh.
Our mind started playing games with us this morning after the, the rain and no protein. 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 Grey, little bugger. I feel like it's smelling out. Oh, jeez. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're really just like three spoons in it. Yeah? Without the knife. With three sauces, Bernays, peppercorn and mushroom. I was thinking uh, we turned that into a, uh, a nice beef stew. And I'll make a sauce and basically make a beef stew out of some coconut milk with the zesty salad. I don't think Elton and I were listening to a thing he said. Well, it's not as much fun coming back to the camp when you haven't won. It's not as much fun when you miss out on prime rum steak. I was actually quite depressed, but I still sat down there depressed, feeling like a loser, you know. They ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine. And you're not really fine, but you just can't get into it. The idea of eating steak would have... Uh, Hit me up. Oh, I got a <laughs> this challenge today will be a turning point in this whole thing. Yeah. The boys have had a word in my ear, the girls have had a word in my ear. It would appear that I'm in the position of power at the moment. Oh, <laughs> there goes my throat. If we lose the new challenge today, I will have to give it some to a man, you look fit as a butcher's dog. Well prepared for today. It's our grand final today, so we're going to go well. Really? We're fit. Fighting we're fit. Help me. Help me. Again. With three votes, the fifth person to be voted off Celebrity Survivor is Wayne. Schumacher gewinnt. Michael Schumacher ist Weltmeister. Well, you guys were a bit sombre last night when you left Tribal Council. Who kept your spirits up all night? Or did, did you just have one great big spooning session? Snoop Dogg! You know what happened with the D.R.E. 